thank goodness we finally got out of there. Thanks, Who? dude. What, what, was, what was was there a problem? Yeah, what, what happened? the heck was that? What, what? You lost connection. How on earth did that happen? Your connection's supposed to be a lot faster than anything on the planet. Come on. It was behind a firewall you'd never dealt with before? Huh? What? That computer was from 1989. Fine, I get it. You, you don't know everything. What? Uh, what time is it? We we we're, we've got to be getting. Oh, good now. It is almost time to start the show. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Dila, have you heard from Jimmy and Nate? Are they anywhere around here? <laughs> They're right outside the door. Why did you say so, Jacob? Go let them in right quick. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> Sorry about the y'all y'all getting stuck outside there. Uh, y'all doing all right? Yeah, we're doing fine. You just better be glad that we're friends with Gridman, or else we wouldn't have gotten here anywhere close to on time. Uh, my apologies. We were kind of delayed. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute because we are like minutes, if not seconds, from needing to start the show. Uh, y'all, we'll explain what's happened when we get to the other side. Y'all ready to jump into this? Yeah, let's do it. The cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, well, he got lost on the grid. Welcome, Jacob. Oh my gosh, it feels like the last movie we were in. Oh my gosh. At least we're not stuck in the woods this time. <laughs> no, and we don't have to worry about Digimon falling on us, even though oh. we got close to that sort of thing. Jeez, <sighs> that is so true. Why, thank you. And let me, let me introduce our co-host, a man who... Thank the Lord we didn't run into a top a digital doppelganger of him. Welcome, Drew. I I know there's people have said that they've seen different pe versions of me somewhere. Yeah, which is just weird. Uh huh. But I'm glad that we didn't run into the evil version out there in the grid. That would have been rather awkward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also joining us this, uh, uh, this week straight from Monster Island is a man who well he's had some interesting bouts with computers welcome nathan hey guys <laughs> and it's funny that you bring up the the evil double thing i technically have a double it's my pseudo sister but you know that's a long story that i'm but, not prepared to get into but she's not evil no she's Thank mean Lord. to me though Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm still smarting from when she yelled at us last year when we crashed into Mothra's egg on the other trip to your to your place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we, she had to. She was not happy with us there. No, and then she had to <laughs> save the egg from her nemesis. That was fun. Yeah. It sounded like I it, missed most of I it because I got on the thrown. In, I missed most of that though because I got tossed into the ocean. Hmm. Hmm. That happens. It yeah, does. it does. And uh, technically, also, you, you brought along Jimmy, didn't you? Yes, but he has to stay outside because I was informed by my friends at the legal action team that there is a restraining order. A little. Just a little. Technically, she says, but she's willing not to complain since... Uh, if it weren't for Jimmy, she we wouldn't have gotten back. Dila, what happened? What? <laughs> you want Jimmy to tell it. Well, let Jimmy in here. Okay, hold on. Okay. 
Ah, well, he's still using that defective mic, unfortunately. Uh, we'll, uh, I, 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 no lip from right now, Jimmy. Okay, okay. And please don't pick a fight with Delit anymore. You swear it's not your fault. You know what? I, I, I don't need to know. Okay, I don't need to know. That is true. You do have a girlfriend now, so I don't think Delit needs to worry. She said she still reserves the right to tell Jimmy to shut up. At any time. I That's true. I tell Jimmy to shut up all the time. In fact, when we first launched the Monster Island Film Vault, people thought we hated each other. We, we don't hate each other. We're actually best friends. We just pick on each other because it's good radio. Uh, that was, Dila just said, thank you, Jimmy, for helping her get us out of there, which, yeah, I'm kind of curious yeah. what happened. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Like I said, when we walked in uh, to meet you guys, you're better be glad that we're friends with Gridman because, you know, he knows all about how to jump between the digital world and the real world. So, yeah, uh, that's good to know. Although, Deedla, I'm just going to say right now, we don't want to jump into any more computer worlds ever again. We've had no. so much trouble with that between Digimon and this. I think we need to stay in fantasy or sci-fi worlds, just no longer computers. <laughs> yes. Please. And she agrees with us there. I am. Uh, <laughs> and at uh, least I don't have dog ears this time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she just said, give it time. Oh, man. Why does she hate the... <laughs> Jacob, are anyway. you sure you're not a lichen? Just a very funny one? Uh, maybe. You never know. Oh, and like, this didn't start happening until after d showed up. That is true. So it, it, it'd be like, I don't know. might be something I'm working through or, you know, I don't know. We shall see. Anyway. I don't want to go ahead and jump into the spoiler free actually, section. Drew, Drew, I bet I know that. I, I bet Jacob is actually Kruger in disguise. What do you think? No, no, it's not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I, I love my brother in Christ here as a brother in Christ. Let me rephrase that specifically. <laughs> but he is not Doggy Kruger. He is not Anubis Doggy Kruger. <laughs> I tried to help you out, Jacob. I, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. Anyway, Y'all want to jump into the spoiler-free section of our of review on this movie? Yeah, sure. On Tron Legacy. <laughs> Certified fresh and spoiler-free. Well, this is... Well, uh, Nathan, why don't you tell us about uh, your thoughts on this movie? <laughs> well, for, are we going to talk about the fact that this is kind of stretching the purview of your show a little bit? <laughs> a touch. A little a little, a little. I, 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 I don't think it's as bad as a little shop of horrors was because uh, puppetry by itself is already a stretch sure. even though we consider it part of the definition well at least there's a and puppet then, in that movie and <laughs> it was only in like but it was only like half the movie's runtime total right this there is almost I don't think there's any CG characters unless you count Jeff Bridges as younger self. Well, which we'll get into that. Oh gosh. Yeah. We'll, yeah, get, we'll get in. We'll get later. into that. But I feel like I'm kind of responsible for this movie being covered because I, one of the first episodes of your guys' show that I ever listened to 
was when I can't remember the name of the gentleman you had on, but you Chase. Chase. What? Who? Chase. A, a Chase Murphy, a good friend. Chase. Of ours. All right. Yeah, you had him on, and you talked about the original Tron, which I very much enjoyed that episode. But he said very disparaging things he besmirched a legacy and i felt like i needed to <laughs> jump to its defense so that eventually wait turned a minute, into wait a minute, this episode wait a minute. you felt the need to jump to a defense of a movie that was made uh, somewhat on nostalgia for a movie from like the late 80s early 90s yeah. uh to to uh Jump to its defense because a lot of people don't like the new version. <laughs> this is sounding familiar. <laughs> like your thoughts on a certain other Ranger movie we yeah. that just happened to you. You just happened to have covered twice. Not long after you were on your show. Right. Well, the difference. The difference is I loved Legacy from the first time I saw it. So. <laughs> okay. I will say that I did not have. My issues with Legacy had nothing to do with the movie. So I'll get into that when we get to my my, my spoiler-free section. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what are your spoiler-free thoughts on this? Uh, well, like I said, I've loved this movie since the first time I saw it, and I think it's grossly underappreciated, underestimated. I feel the same way about this whole... This Tron is technically a franchise, because you At have the two point, movies. Yeah, now, yes. There was an animated series that got yeah. killed before it was done <laughs> it ends on a cliffhanger <laughs> clearly wanted a second season and never got one it's called tron uprising it was mm -hmm. actually a really yeah. interesting show you can watch it on disney plus mm -hmm. and uh, it's a Nothing sequel saying they couldn't make a second season because how many how long did it take them to finish rapunzel uh about two to three years uh, that was a three years anyway never mind then right right but you know it's a prequel to legacy and a sequel to the original so mm -hmm. it's setting up a lot of the stuff that we hear in the backstory uh, uh, mm -hmm. for this film and it was really starting to get good when you know they ended it prematurely and it'll probably never get a second season which is unfortunate they firefly it. On that. <laughs> I've I've watched like the first episode, uh. So yeah, I get what you're saying. It was a, what, what I saw mm -hmm. looked good. It's just Same. I hadn't gotten around to finishing it yet. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, Jacob. What are your spoiler-free thoughts? This is my first time watching this movie. Really? Uh, really? Yes. I, I be like I had heard of it. Uh, there again, like when this movie came out, be like I had vaguely heard of Tron. Vaguely heard of it. And I saw like bits and pieces of the original. And I was like, ah, this doesn't look really that good. Cause there again, it's coming from an older version of me. Cause there again, back in the eighties, we never watched it. I never heard about it until like the, probably the, like the mid to late nineties. And then Tron Lacey comes out and it's like, I know nothing about this movie franchise. The other one came out almost 30 years ago. And so for the review, obviously I'm watching it and I found myself, did you watch the original Tron bef before you watched it for no, I hadn't. Okay, that's, that's what I was trying to remember because I yeah. vaguely remembered you saying you hadn't seen that either, just because it wasn't mm -hmm. never got around to it. Yeah, never got around to it. It was it was never on my radar. So watching this for the review, I really enjoyed the film. Uh, there again, having be like having some context of watching the previous film for our our, our review for the last time. 
it was good. It was a very enjoyable story, visually amazing. And there's parts here and there that I, I, I really enjoy, but then there's parts of it where it's like you go a little uncanny valley, you go a little bit of it's like, uh, why couldn't they, they release this earlier? But that's that's just me. Yeah. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I really did enjoy the film. Um, yeah. You spent a summer in the Uncanny Valley? Just a silly place, isn't it? Huh. Considering what we saw when we uh, watched uh, Rescue Rangers, that movie. I can imagine oh. how strange it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Nah. Jeez. Yeah. We may be making more trips to the Uncanny Valley in the next couple of years because I know some movies we haven't covered yet. That's true. So especially do- of the Zemeckis variety. Oh. Oh Ooh. no. Oh. No. Oh. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. If yeah, you if you about. want if you want to hear me rant master about Beowulf. Oh, that's yeah. one of the ones we're thinking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 that button, that <laughs> button. We, we may have to have you back on for that. Yeah, oh. it is kaiju adjacent. And I love the old yeah. poem. And that movie made me angry. <laughs> uh, it made me angry. And I all I remembered was what I was forced to read in, in English class. Oh gosh, and, uh, yes. That, and yes. I didn't have much faith in it at that point because you know if you don't want to read something, you usually don't like it anyway. <laughs> but anyway, anyways. So to quote a famous movie from like the mid nineties, be like, take his face off. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but I really enjoyed the film for what it was. Uh, I did. I did. Wa- kind of like Drew. I watched the first episode of Tron Uprising. And I was like, "This is pretty good." Why in the world is this character doing this? To me, it makes no sense. Because in the movie they set it up, it's this, and then in the sh- the prequel or sequel, it's a prequel. It's a yeah, prequel. Prequel, prequel series. They're setting up like, "Oh, he's doing this behind the scenes." I'm like, "Okay, but it makes sense we'll if you watch there. the rest of the show." But then it gets oh, cut off. Okay. And they're like, I see how where it ends, it eventually gets to legacy, mm. but you don't get to see the rest of the connective tissue. Ah, right. Okay. Gotcha. So, yeah, that is my spoiler free thoughts on the movie. So, yeah, this is my second viewing of the film. Uh, the first viewing I watched was back when it was in theaters. Mm. And did you see it in uh, 3D re- or not? Oh, I saw it in 3D. This was uh, actually the last 3D movie I paid money for, and uh, 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 intentionally. Hmm. Sometimes, you know, I went to see the 3D version because that's the only one that was available when hmm. I could be at the theater, or it was the only way it was showing. I still don't understand why they had to put the Lion King in 3D. That wasn't worth it. Oh, jeez, <laughs> that was that, a headache. That <laughs> one I went to more for curiosity. Yes, <laughs> to see how was that gonna look? Uh, what was that again, Jimmy? Two words, easy money. Yeah. True. And I, I'm afraid of what the Beauty and the Beast would look like in 3D since it also got that treatment. Mm-hmm. But uh, this was the last time I did it because literally at one point I had to, I ended up taking the glasses off during the middle of the film because I had a you know scratch around my eyes. And I looked at the screen and realized, oh, I don't actually need the glasses. 
because despite the fact it's a 3d film the depth is like nothing <laughs> so as I, and the thing is i did some look up this actually was filmed properly in 3d it's not a post-production 3d right hmm. I, what I, was I have some thoughts i have some thoughts on the 3d but uh yeah this is not as impressive as the first avatar movie was in 3d mm. <laughs> and that was the only that was the only time i was ever happy with it plus i think it was around this time i realized if 3d works i shouldn't it shouldn't make it i shouldn't notice it which means why am i paying two dollars for something i'm not going to notice <laughs> but say la vie uh the funny thing about this one is is this was actually my birthday movie the year it came out oh really uh, and i had worked like a full like eight hour shift at walmart the day before the day of and because of some choices an accident on my part i admit it's my part my, mm. my fault uh when i came into work the next morning i was not really fired but I was kind Relieved of a duty. I was told to go home for the day and think if I really truly wanted to keep working for Walmart. Ah, uh. because I had nearly accidentally sent a, not allowed a minor to go to lunch on time. Oh, because I, 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 it's complicated. Let's just say there was not pleasant memories. And unfortunately my first viewing of Tron legacy is wrapped up in that. So I was kind of looking forward to watching it without having to think of that, having those memories, continuing to pop uh, up in my head around it uh, now uh then you should appreciate the suffering i had to go through to watch most of the old gamera movies kind of under the gun uh yeah i remember you were not in a good spot there on the show for that no i nearly broke when i got to gamera super monster i can see that right I don't care if you're one of the Kennys. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like some context, <laughs> go listen to the Monster on Film Vault Season 2, the Gear of Gamera episodes. It's particularly the one for Gamera versus Virus. Because that, that, that apparently that uh, movie is based on a very eventful chapter of my intrepid yes. producer's life. Not just the war in space anymore. He helped Gamera save the world from space squids, which is how he says he got his job at NASA. Yay. Anyway, we have anything else to add before we actually jump into the full review of this thing? I'm cool. Nope. All right, let's go ahead and jump into it then. <clears throat> the following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Tron Legacy. Listener discretion is advised. I'd like to point out I nearly just said Tron Uprising because we <laughs> talked about it so much. Because <laughs> oh, it's kind of the same. That is true. You can use the name for this movie, it would have worked. <laughs> true. <laughs> okay. I'm surprised they didn't call it Tron Reboot. Oh, wait. We already had a wait, computer based show problems. called Reboot. <laughs> yes. I remember that show. <laughs> I remember back when it was good before they tried to turn it into a Power Rangers ripoff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they did that? I never finished it. Apparently. Yes, oh that's boy. What Drew it, was, said. it was one of the Netflix originals. Oh, you're talking about the Netflix Not the original. You're talking about the new Netflix version. Never mind. Yes, but it technically is. Yeah, I don't know if they still would consider it canon if they kept making new shows, but that thing existed and boy, was it not even a good Power Rangers season. <laughs> Well, but funny anyway. enough, I don't think Power Rangers has quite gone uh, gone and done that. Sentai did. 
Mega Ranger. Yeah. Anyway, I say in terms of quality, maybe Super Duper Mega Force was that bad, but oh no, no, we don't, we don't talk but about Mega Force. <laughs> so yeah, Tron Legacy. It was directed by Joseph Kaczynski, and uh, he recently directed Top Gun Maverick and made really? a gazillion dollars. And yeah. it's actually Maverick is actually not the first movie he made with Tom Cruise. He also Ooh, did. Just the, he also directed just the Oblivion. Biggest one I saw. Remember you guys were Oh yeah, I was a little mm. yep. like that was a good movie. Yeah. I hadn't I seen it. I thought it was a good movie. I hadn't seen it, so I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, it also... little movie. I need to watch it again. Mm. It was also written by Edward uh, Kitsis, Adam Horowitz, Brian Klugman, and Lee Sternthal. And of course, based on the original movie with characters created by Steven Lisberger and Bonnie McBird. Mm-hmm. Cast includes Jeff Bridges as both Kevin Flynn and Clue. And uh, in the in True Grit 2010, he played Rooster Cogburn. Mm-hmm. Garrett Headlands played Sam Flynn. And in the television show Tulsa King, uh, he's going up against Sylvester Stallone in that show, if I remember correctly. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> uh, he played a character named Mitch Keller. Mm. Olivia Wilde played Cora which I remember because there's like an internet resource now called Cora. I know. I don't know if that existed before <laughs> that point. I really would love to know. <laughs> but uh, she played a character in House whose nickname was 13, and she was a very major character in that show once she got introduced. But it was also around this time. Mm-hmm. Bruce Boxleitner played uh, Alan Brady Bradley. Alan Bradley mm-hmm. and Tron. And uh, in Babylon 5, he played mm-hmm. Captain John Sheridan, later President John Sheridan, the mm-hmm. main character of that show. Oh, okay. Well, from season two onward. Well, yes. They had a uh, different commander in the first season. Sinclair. True. I'm a nerd. <laughs> and if I, I probably made that same mistake when on last time when Chase was here, and he probably corrected me then also. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a big... Babylon 5 nerd a little, also. Just a little, little. Little. Anyway, James Frain played Jarvis, and he played Thomas Cromwell in The Tudors. That's the mm-hmm. Tudors, not yes, the Tutors. I, oh, okay. T-U-D-O-R. <laughs> yeah, it's not a farting comedy thing. <laughs> I know what the Tudors are. I'm a history nerd. I that sounds like a Monty Python sketch, I just had this... This thing is, I do, yeah, I need to see Monty Python make a historical oh parody called The Tudors, <laughs> oh where they, gosh. where, where Henry VIII had a had a gas problem. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! My veins are popping. John Cleese, I know you're listening to this. Make that happen. Get all we'll of pay- your buddies who are still alive and make it happen. Exactly. Bo Garrett played Jim. And she was uh, Jessica Preston in the show The Good Doctor. Michael Sheen played both Castor and Zeus. And he was David Frost in Frost Nixon. Anis uh, Chuarfa, I'm probably saying that wrong. He was the stunt double, or he essentially played Rensler. Mm -hmm. But uh, he was also a stunt double for like a lot of the characters in, in, in Avengers Infinity War. And Ant-Man and the Wasp. Huh. <laughs> it's like, I saw like seven different things on there. It's like all MCU. It's like, yeah, you're getting work right now, aren't you? 
just a little just a little bit of work and uh, of course daft punk was the composers for this film oh. and also had a cameo as the musicians in uh zeus's bar mm-hmm. uh, club end of, end of, end of line, line. Bar club the end of line end of club. line club <laughs> which i could have sworn when i saw this originally it was a lot more obvious that that was daft punk <laughs> like it, i could have sworn it was the actual daft punk helmets when i saw this originally, it is it's not just they don't look like the daft punk helmets they do look like them they kind of look like them but they don't look I, in my Probably mind they were like an exact copy to them well, it's almost, it, it's, they, they have tronified outfits, but that is very clearly their outfits. Either way, it just didn't look as much as I was expecting it to look. Maybe I'll say it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was only one Kingdom Hearts connection. Really? In this. Uh, that that Tron is in Kingdom Hearts 2? <laughs> yeah. Because he's actually one of your playable characters. I, I know. <laughs> but technically, and this is where I'm going to get a little nerdy. No, <laughs> that Tron is not the same one from the Tron Legacy level in Kingdom Hearts uh, Birth by Sleep. Because <laughs> there is actually a separate Kingdom Hearts Legacy level and it's not the same character. Interesting. Even though it okay. is the same character. I forget. <laughs> I forget. Did Bruce Boxleitner do the voice for Tron in Kingdom Hearts 2? It's been a long time yes, since he did. I played it. Ah, okay, it so there Bruce, you go. Bruce Bo- yeah, Bruce Boxleitner did play that character. So there, there you go. Uh, it's, a, it's a double... Right kingdom hearts connection in fact, strangely enough like a lot of tron's voice actors except for jeff bridges returned for that for their role in, in kingdom hearts well there you go you, you have more kingdom sark hearts is also the sark is also the same voice uh, same actor oh david mm-hmm. warner Str- yeah yeah david warner came back for that which is interesting yeah but david warner's but, uh, not in this one right but Rinsler, which is the only way you run into him in the birth by sleep level based on this, mm-hmm. never speaks. So Bruce Boxlotner did not play yeah. his, the role there. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Jacob, what do we got in info and stuff? All right. So let me get to info and stuff. All right. Info and stuff. IMDB has 6.8 out of 10. It's available to watch on Disney Plus if you subscribe to Disney Plus. Production was. War- I almost said it. I almost said it. Production, Walt Disney Pictures, Sean Bailey Productions. Distribution, Walt Disney Studio Motion Pictures. Original release date was November 30th, 2010. Can anybody guess where it was uh, debuted? What country? Canada. United States. Eh, wrong. Canada. Canada. Eh, Japan. Japan. Close. Tokyo. <laughs> That Tokyo is in Japan. That is Japan. <laughs> Tokyo is not a country in and of itself. I know. I, know, I work I know, I know. 500 miles directly south of it. <laughs> technically, since you're in Ogasawara, you are still technically in Tokyo. Because okay, okay, of the weird okay, bureaucratic okay. nonsense. But anyway. Anyways, anyways. Well, yeah. Why do you think Shin Godzilla exists? Bureaucratic oh. nonsense. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I'm making Jacob watch that movie later this year. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! There's enough the animation and it, it counts. Oh <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we are doing a segment of episodes uh, every other month called the Cellcast Plus. Where we're reviewing live action movies. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There's Shin and, Godzilla. Uh, not, and because this Shin guy Ultraman loves it. A- so you can get some more yeah. Anno. <laughs> because this guy loves Evangelion. 
I'm making them watch Shin Godzilla, and then I'll make them watch Shin Ultraman. And then when Shin Kamen Rider comes out, I'll make them watch that too. Hey, 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 before Shin Kamen Rider comes out, you got to make him watch Cutie Honey. That was Anno, and it's anime. And it's, oh, and it's, oh, I've heard of this. I know, I know the... Do you mean the live action one? Because there is a, a live, live action, action movie from 2004. Uh, that's a trip. <laughs> it is. And it's the least sleazy thing in the entire franchise. Oh my gosh. Which is saying something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. But anyway, just talk to I our friend Beck. She knows. <laughs> All right. On December 20, December 17, 2010, it was released in the United States. Box office budget. It had an estimated budget of $170 million. It's U.S. opening for Canada and the United States, obviously, was 44, yeah, 44,000 ish dollars on December 19th. Million? Yes, million. You said yes, thousands. Like millions and millions of bucks. I mean, millions and millions of bucks. Yes, you said thousands. It's I like, like, that's a major difference. Yes, my mistake. It's like, good night. I know a lot of people didn't like this film when it first came out, but I didn't think it performed that badly. Yes, it did absolutely terrible. No, 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 no. Let, let me rephrase this. Yeah, thing very be much. glad it was me and not Jimmy. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway, opening weekend. For the United States and Canada, it was $44 million on December 19th, 2010. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So it's uh, U.S. gross was U.S. gross and Canada. Gross and Canada. That made no sense. But either or. U.S. and Canada gross. <laughs> yes. There we go. Uh, 100, $172 million. And it's um, worldwide gross was $400 million. So, yeah, it, it made some cheddar back. Some. some some not a lot but it made a lot more than the original <laughs> well the but the original but you, made it, a lot there's of inflation in there yeah, yeah. well <laughs> the, True. The, the thing is is the original got popular or more po at least they developed a cult following mm -hmm. through yeah. home uh, through television and home media True. But also, even when you adjust for inflation, the first Tron was a lot more expensive to make. True. Oh my gosh, yes. Good night. I I went. I was going back through that, watching how they set that up again later earlier this week, and go. Good night. They spent way too much time on this. I know why they decided to go with lights this time. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, that's what made the original movie, yeah, visually true. unique, distinct. And this, yes, yeah. very true. I, and I would argue that even this one is visually unique, even though it's using a lot of special effects techniques that are more commonplace now. There's nothing yeah. that looks quite like this. True. Right. Very true. All right. Home release. Uh, it was released by Walt Disney Studio Home Entertainment on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital download in North America on April 5th, 2011. Tron Legacy was available for standalone as a single-disc DVD and a two-disc DVD Blu-ray combo pack and a four-disc set uh, added with a Blu-ray 3D. Remember that, folks? And a that's and the a one I have. <laughs> yeah, and a five-disc featuring both Tron films, also released and right. entitled "The Ultimate Tron Experience," having uh, collector's pack, which uh, including a identical disc. Um, Good night. Was it only twelve years ago they actually gave you special features when you bought a, di a disc? I know, now right? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like you buy a movie now, you gotta wait for it to come on di like their you're, digital you're, platform to watch it. Thanks, Disney. <laughs> you're, you're just lucky to actually get the movie. 
that in English. That is true. <laughs> And now I have, so yeah, I but now I have high definition standard edition, including versions with and without digital, uh, uh, digital lectures. I was yeah. just going to say, uh, so, now I have friends who complain about not getting Shin Ultraman on 4k. I, okay, I'm just going to say this while well, I can tell the difference between, you know, 4k and HD and definitely SD. Mm. Sometimes it really doesn't matter. Mm. <laughs> it's okay. It's good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah. All right, sequel. Uh, it was pronounced uh, announced in 2028. Uh, 2028. We're not even here. We're like, whoa, in the wait, future. The future here. <laughs> I was <laughs> prophesying again. <laughs> what time travel shenanigans? What? <laughs> oh my god! No, Jimmy, you can't take credit for a movie that doesn't exist. <laughs> All right, let's start that over, shall we? Sequel. It was stated. It was stated. Uh, stated. Thela said, "No time travel shenanigans on her watch." <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. October twenty eighth, two thousand ten. There. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. Uh, that uh, before Tron Legacy was released, uh, that a sequel was planned and it was being written as script. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Screenwriters, for, it was called Tron Legacy. It was in the early stages of the script uh, for this new film. However, on March 2015, it was revealed that Disney had greenlit a third film. Um, so, uh, most of the main cast will return. However, Walt Disney would choose not to continue the third, this third sequel after the box office failure of Tomorrowland. Uh... Right. I forgot about that movie. Yeah, yeah. that was a pretty. I, I thought that was a pretty good film to me. It was pretty good. I liked it too. It was a well-made you. film. Yes, I just forgot it existed. Ah, he's got George Clooney in. George Clooney's a good actor. Have you seen Lately, Batman I've and Robin? Seen some people who'd fight you over that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm one way or the other, but right, right, right. I've seen a lot of Clooney hate recently. <laughs> it, it happens. Haters are gonna hate. Uh, right before Tron, uh, the third Tron was begin production. Uh, Disney pulled, uh, scrapped the project in 2022 while promoting, of all films, Morpheus. Morbius. 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 Thank Morpheus you very much. Morbius is from the Matrix. <laughs> well, you know what they say. It's Morbin time. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd make that joke on the show. Good night. <laughs> oh, I still haven't old. made that joke on the power trip. <laughs> and I, I've got an entire season and I didn't make that joke. I am disappointed with myself. <laughs> I will try to set it up for you. How's that sound? <laughs> Are there I any vampires well it up, in Car but... Ranger? <laughs> yes. Surely there's a vampire in Car Ranger somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure there is, and don't call me Shirley. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sequel <Alrighty>. talk. <laughs> Morbius. Jared Leto, the worst joker ever. Jared Leto ever. screwed up Morbius. Continue. <laughs> yes. Jared Leto announced that he was playing Ares, a new character. Ares. 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 I'm sorry. Ares. Ares. The god uh, of war would not be happy if he got his name wrong. Apparently. <laughs> Confirmed the film is still happening on, Ju- on July 23rd. Uh, 
<clears throat> they uh, they said a new director is coming, and uh, uh, Gillette, uh, Gilletto. <laughs> Gilletto? Gilletto? Where I got Gilletto from? Does he run Gilletto? I think he meant Gelato, but said Gilletto because he combined it with Jared Leto. (laughs) And now I'm just now seeing Morbius as an ice cream guy. <laughs> anyway, oh yes. Yeah, so supposedly there's a third film in the in yeah, the works. Film in but I have right no. Yes. But we don't know who Jared Leto is playing, and we have no, no idea how connected it's going to be to the previous films. Yes. I don't know what to think of that. I'm very mixed on Jared Leto. <laughs> and the thing about Jared Leto is, for me, is I know he's played stuff besides Morbius and the joker but i couldn't tell you what those things are he he had a he was a secondary character in blade in uh blade runner 2049 but that's about all i've seen him in i know he had other roles it's just to me he's always it's gonna be like when people tell me uh what's his name that was uh edward in twilight i'm always gonna see him as that character even though he was batman which technically means a vampire turned into a bat anyway (laughs) and then and then he got killed by the 10th doctor back in the fourth harry potter film (laughs) we are nerds (laughs) a little oh my god anywho are we are you done with info and stuff yes we're done with info and stuff. now we can get into the summary yes get into the summary All right. In 1989, Kevin Flynn, who has been promoted to CEO of Incom International seven years earlier, disappears. 20 years later, his son Sam, now Incom's primary shareholder, pranks the corporation by releasing the company's signature operating system online for free. Incom executive Alan Bradley, Flynn's old friend, approves of this, believing it aligns with Flynn's ideals of open software. Nonetheless, Sam is arrested for trespassing. Alan posts bail for Sam and tells him of a pager of pager message originating from Flynn's shuttered video arcade. There, Sam discovers a hidden basement with a large computer and laser, which suddenly digitizes and downloads him into the grid. A Insert virtual reality created Digimon by joke here. <laughs> yes. Boy, this really does have a lot of connections that last time we got lost in the grid. <laughs> well, not the grid, the digital world, world. which is a great... Uh, baby Don anyway. Don intensifies. Anywho... <laughs> <laughs> he is captured and sent to the games where he must fight a masked program named Rinsler. When Sam is injured and bleeds, Rinsler realizes Sam is human or a user. He takes Sam to Clue, the grid's corrupt ruling program who resembles a young Kevin Flynn. Clue nearly kills Sam in a light cycle match, but Sam is rescued by Cora, an apprentice of Flynn who shows him Flynn's hideout outside Clue's territory. Flynn explains that he has been working to create a perfect computer system and had appointed Clue and security program Tron as its co-creators. The trio discovered a species of naturally occurring isomorphic algorithms, or ISOs, with the potential to resolve various natural mysteries. Clue, considering them an aberration, betrayed Flynn, killing Tron and destroying the ISOs. The portal permitting travel between the two worlds closed, leaving Flynn trapped in the system. Clue sent the message to Alan, hoping to lure him into the grid, though Sir Sam serves his purpose just as well, and reopen the portal for a limited time. Since Flynn's identity disc is the master key to the portal, uh, to the grid, hang on. 
Since Flynn's identity disc is the master key to the grid and the only way to traverse the portal, Clue expects Sam to bring Flynn to the portal so he can take Flynn's disc, go through the portal himself, and impose his idea of perfection on the human world. Against his father's wishes, Sam returns to Clue's territory to find Zeus, a program who can provide safe passage to the portal. At the end of Line Club, the owner reveals himself to be Zeus, then betrays Sam to Clue's guards. In the resulting fight, Flynn rescues his son, but Korra is injured and Zeus gains possession of Flynn's disc. Zeus attempts to bargain with Clue over the disc, but Clue betrays him and destroys the club along with Zeus. Flynn and Sam stow away aboard a solar sailor transport program, where Kevin restores Korra and reveals her to be the last surviving ISO. The transport is intercepted by Clue's warship. As a diversion, Korra allows herself to be captured by Rensler, whom Flynn recognizes as Tron, not killed by Clue, but rather reprogrammed. Sam reclaims Flynn's disc and rescues Korra while Flynn takes control of the light fighter. Clue, Rensler, and several guards pursue the trio in light jets. Rensler remembers his past as Tron and deliberately collides with Clue's light jet, then falls into the sea of simulation below. Clue confronts the others at the portal where Flynn reintegrates with his digital duplicate, destroying Clue along with himself, while Korra, having switched discs with Flynn, gives Flynn's disc to Sam and they escape together to the real world as the ensuing explosion levels the Sea of Simulation. In Flynn's arcade, Sam backs up and deactivates the system. He then tells awaiting Alan that he plans to retake control of Encom, naming Alan chairman of the board. Sam departs on his motorcycle with Korra as she witnesses her first real sunrise. Ta-da! Getting into... Getting into the trivia for this one. The crowd voices during the disc battle in mm-hmm. the beginning of the movie are actually the voices of the audience during the panel for the film at the 2010 San Diego Comic-Con. Yep. The audience was instructed to stomp and chant to prompts shown on large on large video screen, and the sound was recorded by text from Skywalker Sound. If you watch the, the special features on the Blu-ray, they actually show you them recording that. Nice. Nice. Cool. Shooting the film lasted only 64 days. Post-production, due to the heavy special effects, required 68 weeks. Dang! Dang. <laughs> wow. In an interview, Jeff Bridges noted that he, as he was being scanned by laser into a computer for the CGI effects, he realized the same thing happened to him fictionally in the original movie. <laughs> <laughs> Deja vu, man. <laughs> Early drafts of the script did not feature the role of Alan Bradley. It was only after public outcry by Bruce Boxleitner and fans of the original film that Bradley was added to the script. Mm. Boxleitner's performance proved so popular, he went on to make public appearances as Alan Bradley to promote the film and returned to play the role of Tron in Tron Uprising. Mm -hmm. The suits worn by the actors proved to be problematic on set. Every single one of them was fitted with a small lithium battery that powered the circuitry for the embedded light strips. But each battery only lasted 12 minutes. In order to maximize the output, in order to maximize the output, the light strips had to be switched on right before each take and turned off immediately afterwards. The circuitries inside the suits were also very fragile, so the actors could not simply sit between takes and had to recline against upright boards. Oh my gosh. By the way, did you know this was also the most expensive film ever made by a first-time director with a production budget of $170 million? Wow. <laughs> when standing over the board game with black and white stones, Cora mentions to Sam that she rarely beats Flynn at it. The board game is, in fact, Go, a game that is notoriously difficult for computer programs to play well. 
unlike chess, where computers are able to beat the world's best human players. When the movie was filmed, the best Go computer programs were only able to manage to reach an intermediate amateur level. This explains why Korra, being a computer program from 1989, would rarely be able to beat Kevin Flynn. I didn't know that. Huh. The wardrobe budget for this film was $13 million. <laughs> what? <laughs> 13 million? Wait, 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 wait. Almost Whoa. 10% of the total budget. <laughs> well, one custom suit alone for the racers cost $60,000. Jeez. <laughs> Did someone walk away with one of those suits? <laughs> I want one of I those hope. suits. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you had one of those suits? And you what didn't you give it to me? <laughs> oh, you lost it. Convenient. Yeah. You know, that really that makes me realize we ought to save these that we came back with, Jacob. Yeah. Like, we might make some money off yeah, this. Exactly. I mean, I, ha I, I have a Tron Legacy cosplay, but it's not the same thing. Right. Uh, and the, the strips, they don't light up, but the, but if you shine you know uh, the right lighting on them they they do glow a little bit you know they put some black lighting on them they look great right uh kevin flynn sets down a metallic polyhedron on the fireplace mantle and later when clue comes in the house he picks up the same one this is a direct homage to tron since he is a, since this is supposed to be bit yep. which assisted yep. both the original clue and flynn yes hmm. yes <laughs> No, 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 no. Yeah. I loved that character, even though you only said two things. <laughs> it's like Groot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, to play the computer program Clue, Jeff Bridges' face was de-aged with the same technology okay. used, used on the curious case of Benjamin Button in mm -hmm. 2008 to age Brad Pitt. Thus, in the role of Flynn, Bridge appears to be his actual age of 61, but as Clue, a program written back in the 1980s, he looks like he's in his 30s, and apparently programs don't age. <sighs> we and need you know to talk what? about that. Of, I, let me just say this before we get into it. I think that de-aging works for Clue, because he's supposed to be a program. Again, I can work. we'll I talk work about that. Yes, we'll talk about that. <laughs> it didn't quite work for no, nine, the uh, one at the house. Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> no, that. No, it didn't. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah, but also wasn't uh, like his like the base of his face was based not on his Tron performance, but in, uh, like a like a later performance. It was based okay. on a couple other performances from that same time period, but I yeah. did not get those written down. Oh, right. Okay. Well, which I don't know if you guys remember. There's not some a point clue. I have to start Mike trivia out. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say a clue was in the original movie. Not yeah. for very long. It was only a couple it's, of minutes. And I do think right, he was, it was, was he, I think he was played by Jeff Bridges in that too. He was played by Jeff Bridges in that too. Yeah. But he uh, doesn't last very long, like you said. And this clue is technically. It's a, a different, different clue. clue. So yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think his official name is Clue 2.0. That would make sense. Yeah. Uh, unlike most of its contemporaries, the movie was filmed from the outset in 3D, as opposed to being later converted in post-production. Hmm. The camera equipment used was also a generational step beyond the 3D tech used for Avatar in 2009. Hmm. Throughout most of the movie, Rensler can be heard making a purring or clicking sound. This is due to his corrupted or changed data. Towards the end of the movie, when Rensler sinks down into the water, his illuminations turn from red to white, mm -hmm. and his purring ceases. Mm. It's at this point that Rensler's corruption is gone, and he becomes Tron again. It's like he was. I didn't, it's like I he didn't was catch baptized. Those audio clips. Uh huh. Yeah. 
I'm almost unique. Almost like that. Uh, Cillian Murphy's character, Edward Dillinger II, is meant to be the son of Edward Dillinger, David yep. Warner, from the first one. The primary antagonist of the first film who stole credit for creating Kevin Flynn's video games. He appears in only one scene in this movie, however. His uncredited appearance is meant to hint at a possible sequel, which was at one point in the works, but never materialized. <sighs> Again, we'll talk about it. <laughs> sequel baiting, love it. Mm -hmm. There are three subtle hints as to Rensler's true identity throughout the film. When Sam fights Rensler in the discourse, Rensler refuses to kill him because he's human. Tron had originally been programmed to fight for the users in the original film. Mm -hmm. In the flashback sequence depicting Clue's coup against Flynn, when Tron fights off the guards, he's seen using two identity discs. Rensler's costume bears four red squares in a T-shape on his chest, identical to Tron's own chest emblem as seen in the first film and flashback sequences. Mm -hmm. And Lastly... I I was I was just gonna say I think Bruce Boxleitner does the voice too. He doesn't talk much. Yeah, he does. Well, as he doesn't talk much as Rensler. That's fact, what I mean. I he doesn't talk much as Rensler, and they they work really hard to reverb his voice so that you can't yeah. quite tell it's him. And, and it's only like maybe one or two lines, and they're very short lines because mm -hmm. of the corrupted data. I suspect. Flynn mm explain -hmm. uh, explain. Flynn explains to his son the true intention of Clue is to lure him to get the disc. When he says, the only way to win is not to play, they are referencing 1983's War Games. Ah! Oh! <laughs> I love that movie. That was a good movie. Uh. Which is the end of my what I got for trivia. Nathan, <laughs> what is your first like for this film? Okay. The, it's not the first one that came to my mind, but I have a feeling it will still get brought up. But I want to talk about the 3D in this. I know, Drew, you said you were not that impressed with the 3D. I am... Bear, bear in mind, I was basing that off of, what, 13-year-old memories? True. But and, and so I could be forgetting what it looked like at the time, but I and, but I think I may have... And I, I think this was during the... When I saw it, it was during some of the scenes there in the hideout. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, uh, Kevin's Kevin's hideout there in the middle of the film, so maybe there wasn't much to see there in 3D in the first place. True, but, but here's but here's what I why I want to bring it up. 3D basically since the, its inception has been basically just a gimmick, and yeah. in mm -hmm. modern 3D, you know, which thankfully is no longer a trend, it mm -hmm. was this post production add on so that they could basically charge you an extra two dollars to see the movie, and it didn't really do anything if you watched the clash of the titans remake it's notoriously bad in 3d here's what first 3d i saw but anyway yeah now i get it that avatar used it uh, used it very well you know in terms of what 3d is supposed to actually do but i would argue that tron legacy has the most creative use of 3d of any well honestly any 3d movie that i've ever seen I liken it, and know people are going to be crazy, think I'm crazy when I say this. I liken it to the use of color in The Wizard of Oz. Hear me out here. Okay. I think I know where you're going yeah. with this, and I'm going to enjoy okay. talking about it in a second. Okay, <laughs> because The Wizard of Oz is in sepia tone when we're in mm -hmm. Kansas, and then yes. the color, the very vibrant color, comes in once Dorothy gets to Oz. In Tron Legacy... 
the 3D, it does not exist. It's not used in the real world scenes. It's only when we're in the grid. Hmm. And I saw like this movie in, Spy Kids in the... 3D game over. It, what? <laughs> Just like it's Spy Kids 3D game over. Oh, yeah. I guess. <laughs> and Shark Boy and Lava Girl in 3D. Never mind. I never saw those, so I didn't know I, that I'm they did that. I'm just giving you a hard time because that was the first. That's how I connected because this is like, I know it's not the same director. Yeah. And the it, same thought that process. Was, that was Robert like the Rodriguez. Third in that mini trilogy in my mind. <laughs> right. Sorry, continue. But anyway, I'm just saying. And there was actually in the theater when I saw it, because I saw it in 3D, it actually had a disclaimer that came up that said, hey, there are going to be parts of this movie that are not in 3D. That's okay. Don't freak out. (laughs) (laughs) And then once Sam gets hit with the digitizing laser, 3D kicks in. But then when he leaves, at the end of the movie, the 3D is gone. I think... That's brilliant because it actually makes sense when you're going from the real world to the digital world, put the 3d in to create an extra a visual difference, a subtle one, but a, but a visual difference and to help with the immersion, which is why I'm frustrated. I don't have a 3d TV, so I can't relive that (laughs) because if, when I watch it without 3d, it feels like a little something's missing. (laughs) I get that. I will say at least with the, cause my biggest issue with most three, three D films, even when they're post-production three D you, they do the whole three D gimmick of making things come out towards you. And it's very obvious. Even when you watch it in two D that that doesn't right, quite work. Mm-hmm. I and don't feel like that. never really did that. Yeah. This one doesn't really do that. There are things that, uh, you know, like there's stuff that flies at the screen, but it not in that very obviously gimmicky, like, you know, Ooh, like that yeah they don't do that but there i i can tell you that you know there are certain shots like when the like the slow-mo shots uh slow-mo close-up shots of the light cycles those look great Mm -hmm. in 3d (laughs) oh yeah i I remember that looking good and like i said where when i said i couldn't see much of a difference i'm fairly certain it was in one of the scenes where it really wasn't being used that much even though it would have technically been there it's just I remember being, eh, I don't know if this is worth, for, for me personally, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was worth the extra 2 or $3. Right. I understand that. I just think that it, it was such a creative use of 3D at a time when 3D was just a, was just a cheap money-making gimmick. Mm. Right. I don't know if at this point it was really a cheap money-making gimmick because I think it was there was still a lot of push for it at this point. It's not till like much later where they were always doing post-production it became the gimmick yeah it was 2013 2014 2012 oh, okay Makes but either way either or now all right uh jacob what's your first like my first like is the spectacular world design mm-hmm. like the the way they they've they took the initial design of the world of the grid artron whatever we'll call it and just the grid, ex- the grid of course of course, I'd be like, I automatically think Tron is a person. I know Tron is a person. I know that. We were not or maybe he was referencing yes. the original movie. Yes. Oh, that that could yes. be it too. Thank you, Nate. You're welcome. <laughs> I got your back. Thank you. <laughs> but in this movie, how they explain everything and how the uh, the the general design of the grid as mm-hmm. a world mm-hmm. is very fascinating because you're so multi layered mm-hmm. in like design work and they're using all like 
light reflections and straight lines and, you know, a grid pattern for everything, mm-hmm. but making it a real city. Mm-hmm. And it's spectacular to look like uh, Nate said about the idea of going into Oz. Because you're going into, like, a digital Oz. Mm-hmm. And it has this, like, breathtaking scape, uh, scape and scope of mm-hmm. how uh, they're using, like, depth of field and the whole bit with how everything in this movie just looks breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Definitely when you're in, on and in the grid, mm-hmm. and and uh, like you said, like you said before, with the uh, the pers- the uh, the three D, yeah, the, you know, blah, sorry, I lost my words. Um, uh, like going back to the Wizard of Oz, how everything's kind of yeah. you know done in a sepia tone, mm-hmm. where in the real world everything's kind of toned down the whole bit, mm-hmm. where you get into it's gray, gray. yeah, gray. There we go, gray. Okay. Everything's got a gray tone to it. And then you get into the grid. Everything is bright and blue and colorful. It's popping to you. Mm-hmm. And I just really enjoy that because that, like you said before, the idea that it's got this parallel between the Wizard of Oz. And I mm-hmm. really, really enjoy the film. Yeah, that. actually, and it just dawned on me, the only real bright colors that I can remember before we get to the grid is the Encom sign because it looks like neon. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And actually, what you're bringing up makes sense, Jacob. From what I remember of the special features on the Blu-ray, the director actually had a background in architecture. You can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the and one of the things I love about this is that this movie actually just takes time to just let you soak in the world, just be in yes. the world. And right. you know mm-hmm. that it means using Sam as a POV character, you're thrown in with him and you don't get told anything about the world. It's like, here is the world. Mm-hmm. You're going to fit. You're going to figure things out at the same time as Sam. So, and you're going to be a little bit confused and you may not know exactly what's going on, but welcome to the grid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I wish there were so, more. I wish there were, I've I've been watching and we didn't do that. What you've been, what have you been watching? And one of the things I've coming. been watching has been the new Trigun. <laughs> yeah. Trigun stampede. And I, uh. I d- yeah, I have opinions. Uh, one of the things that I haven't enjoyed as much is I don't feel like I get to soak in the world as much as I did in the original anime. But you know, I'll leave it at that. I, I just double checked. That's I don't have the trigun sound on my board anymore. No, <laughs> anyway, sad. But womp, womp, womp. Uh, getting back to my like, uh, I liked my first like for this is essentially the updated version of coming into the world for the first time. Cause it, cause Sam's entrance to this world is very mm-hmm. much like Kevin's was back in the first film. Agreed. But it's yet different. I mean, he's, you've got, of course, like the newer systems cause it's upgraded. You've got the, uh, he, he doesn't have the suit at the beginning. Like Kevin does. He gets it from these four really creepy girls putting it on him after they take off his clothes such an interesting scene <laughs> right and i think i read somewhere else in the trivia though i can't i, I didn't end up not using is that was all kind of like the last minute that makes sense <laughs> and Let's they decided to keep really it really awkward yeah and uh because i and uh but uh and then he plays the games and of course the games are d- different than the original ones because uh in the first one you had tr- uh discs of tron which is in this one grid battle is that what they called it disc no, wars disc wars, wars. Thank yes. you, thank you disc wars um it's essentially the same game but in 3d 
Uh, yeah, it looks cooler in this version mm -hmm. in many ways than it did in the other Christmas. And they it's got rid of the of the I forget. There's a name for it, but that weirdo like scoop ball. Yes, sport. the the uh, what do you call that? Lacrosse, the lacrosse mm -hmm. scoop thing. Yeah, I yeah, which I it's not remember, lacrosse, which I remember hearing the... as a kid. It, uh, that sport actually holds the record for the fastest balls because you know the fastest pitch. Fa yeah, that basically. They can throw a ball faster than any other sport. That makes sense. Yeah. But then you get the light cycles, which I remember when I first watched this, I was disappointed that they weren't stuck on lines, like in the first one. But when I watched it this time, it's like, okay, this is just cool to watch, period. I don't know. I was going to say, the, it's, it's not the, light the same cycle. game. It's the light cycle game, but in 3D. Because in that one, yeah. you could... It's the difference between Super Mario Kart and Mario Kart 64. Uh, I guess. But no, because in, but it, in the original, it was... You know, you could move left, right, up, down. That was about. It's like the original yeah. game. Because if you play snake. the original Tron arcade game, it was actually a collection of games. And yeah. one of them was the light cycle thing, but this one you're it's, you know, it's like going from regular chess to 3d chess. I think that might yeah. be a better way to describe it because now it's the same thing, same concept, but now you're moving in all kinds of different directions. You know, you're going up and down right. and, you know, but, I mean, you actually get like 360 degree movement in this new one, whereas right. before you only had 90 degree movement it was literally you take a left you immediately take a left mm -hmm. and this no you get a full arc so that, that does change how things go it still looked cool and of course it even ends the same way with them breaking out of course this required uh cora to come in with her giant atv that somehow can work off the grid <laughs> i still don't think we got a good explanation why hers could work off the grid and their bikes couldn't but eh. you know what? i really don't care <laughs> it's okay that we don't know we don't need to know everything we don't need to know everything, but that, that was one of the first things that popped up. I was like, you answered this question. I don't think it was a good enough answer. <laughs> but anyway, I, I enjoyed the fact that they took these moments that were similar and served the same purpose and used that to integrate us into this new world. Because right. This grid is different from the old grid. It and is. You have, and you have to be introduced almost in the same manner see what the differences actually are right 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 which i and think it, might have thrown me off originally because in my mind i was thinking this was going to be the same grid from the first movie just looking different right and it's not right this is how you use nostalgia bits and mm -hmm. use them well <laughs> yeah <laughs> because as you if you've heard me i said this on the megaforce episode of the power trip fight me michael fight me but if you're gonna use nostalgia you have to either make it the garnish or you got to make it meaningful and important. And unfortunately, yeah, not everyone's figured out how to do that. Ironically, the source footage for Megaforce knew how to do that pretty well, but that's beside the point. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your second like, Nathan? I'm surprised you guys didn't bring it up, so I'm going to bring it up because I feel like it's the most obvious thing to talk about. The mother trucking soundtrack. <laughs> 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 look in my defense i'm not a big um techno person i don't general. care <laughs> this this is what in a time I, when i'm not when movie bad. soundtracks at least coming out of hollywood are as utilitarian as you can get fair True, fair you know, this is one of the best film soundtracks of the last 50 to 20 years coming out of hollywood the other really good one is pacific rim because those both of these are incredibly memorable. Most other modern film soundtracks are 
like I said, they're mostly utilitarian. There's almost nothing that stands out. The MCU is in, is particularly infamous for this because yeah. the MCU has only had a couple of memorable themes one of which mm -hmm. is the Avengers theme, obviously, mm -hmm. but you know, but you and look at Tron Legacy, you look at Pacific Rim, you can hum the themes, you can remember every piece of music that comes from, especially in this one. I have the complete soundtrack for this, and I listen to I used to listen to it constantly when I was writing. I love this soundtrack. It sounds great even out of context, and it really showed that Daft Punk were not just a pair of French DJs, they knew how to make music and they actually it's not all techno there's plenty of orchestral in this but my favorite tracks in this are when they integrate the two and it is absolutely brilliant when you hear it i don't know why this didn't get award nominations like i wish they had gotten an oscar for this because it's just so brilliant uh, it didn't get award nominations because it was it was a uh, pop film not an art film uh whatever <laughs> i'm not saying i agree with the statement well no one cares about That's the just... oscars anyway unless they think thank you somebody's gonna slap somebody <laughs> and we're all waiting to see who gets slapped this year <laughs> <laughs> i hope that's a joke actually i want like oh my like, god I, yes. I want every person who gets an award to get slapped right when they <laughs> like a hand slap or something like right that. <laughs> jacob what's your second oh my one? gosh yes uh, i would tron's redemption i love this part of the movie because there mm -hmm. again going back to the first one and then you get the the be like tron is mentioned throughout the, like the beginning in the film and uh we see the 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 flashback of what allegedly what happened to tron as a character and then we get how do you pronounce his name rizzle rinsler 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 is our, our our first antagonist that um young Flynn has the face and how his the ambiance of his character the 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 purring sound the the gravel mm -hmm. and all that be like makes a really menacing character but it gives you that kind of like that subtle clue something's a little different about this clue character. yeah <laughs> yeah a clue right <laughs> right 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 but um it is just how how they set this character up how they set him up in in like eventually throughout the course of the film it's not like in some films be like oh obviously he's the he's a former hero be like no they set up very well and like how you're hinting towards one of my dislikes but we'll get there when we get there <laughs> yeah we'll get there when we get there but uh i just i really enjoy that tron or rizzler rinsler rinsler okay not rizzler this is not like <laughs> the, the rap version of the riddler <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the Rizzle. Rizzle me this, Batman. <laughs> oh, but Tron, but Tron's redemption, you know, his story throughout the entire movie that be like, obviously he didn't kill young Flynn when he noticed that he was a human mm -hmm. and kind of going back to his programming, which was there. He's corrupted in the whole bit. Right. And I just really enjoy that point where be like um, towards the climax of the scene where Rinsler, 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 thank you. If you could just say Evil Tron, we'll know I'm who you're talking about. Evil Tron. Rinsler is, you know, following his program Q. Uh, Q. Yeah, Q, right? Clue. 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 Thank you. Q is Star Trek. 
<laughs> yes, thank you. And James no, Bond. You. No, Q's James Bond. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> You've not met Q because you haven't watched most of the show. No, I haven't. Star Trek. <laughs> You've only watched the movies and he's never shown up I've in the movie. I've actually watched the first episode of Star Trek. It, uh, you never told me you watched uh, Encounter at Farpoint. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Okay. F- fun fact: I have a patron who wants to sponsor that on the film vault because it technically has kaiju. Uh, I, I, at the last minute, maybe. <laughs> I mean, granted, technically, yes, the one on the planet is there the whole time. But <laughs> anyway, Tron Legacy. <laughs> now I want to listen to that episode. It, it, it won't, won't happen for a there, while. But. <laughs> but oh my gosh. <laughs> Tron's redemption is where he we like he he's being told we like shoot him down, shoot him down. But his his program finally comes back to him. Mm-hmm. And he's his and he, like no he I'm, uses like, the I'm, classic Tron line. Yeah, he uses the Tron. Yes. Yes. I and fight for the users. I fight for the users. And it's such a like it's a wonderful moment where he literally sacrifices his life in order to save um uh, the Flins. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't can, think he's dead. Of course not. Not if you're gonna have a third movie named after him. Right. Right. But uh, the, the interesting thing is that his corruption is actually something that is developed in Uprising. Because hmm. the premise of Uprising is there's a you know, this young program that he takes under his wing because he mm-hmm. wants to train him as the neutron. And he mm. tells him it's because I'm, I think, I can't remember exactly how he put it, but he's basically sick. The implication being that it's some sort of corrupting virus that is preventing him from being the security program. So I think the idea was that this was what was eventually going to turn him into Rensler. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. But yeah, that's my that's my second like, just Tron's mm-hmm. redemption. Mm-hmm. My second like for this, I think, is just the general vibe of the entire film because this really does feel like an '80s style action movie. It does. At yes, it does. Time when you really, really were not getting things like that. Right. It, it just had this nice. It, it felt like it was nostalgia. Obviously, there was a big burst of that in there, but. It was, it's just this general, there was a lot of times where I'm sitting there going, is that what I think? Oh, that is the solar sailor. That's cool. Actually, (laughs) it's a train, but it looks like the solar sailor. So I'll take it. Right. Oh, look, it's the little, that's not, they're not tanks. Whatever you call the flying tank thing. Recognizers. Mm -hmm. Recognizers. Those those look cool. There's all these little nice, cool things, but it felt like there was just enough of that 80s mentality. Mm -hmm. Right. That mix that mixed with like modern graphics and modern animate CG animation stuff, just was like, oh, why can't they make more stuff like this? Right. I think uh, the and you I also found out why it doesn't make a t- as much money as Disney would like. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and you also had the inclusion of two popular eighty songs in it as well with the soundtrack that which oh, yeah, I true. think supplements it very well. And I think the, you know the most obvious one is Separate Ways by Journey. And I feel like that was actually used very smartly. If you watch that, you know, talk about not only does it create a an '80s atmosphere, but I think it works thematically because what's that song about? It now it's about two lovers who are, you know, uh, basically breaking up. 
but you know in the in this context it's about sam trying to find his dad and reconnect with his dad mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. know so and it's when he goes into the arcade he turns on the arcade flynn's arcade you know yeah and you know his dad's old business and you know so he's trying to reconnect with his dad and you know going through all seeing all of this old stuff that his dad used to do all the time and it ends with him finding out that there's a secret passage behind the tron arcade machine and that leads him to the you know, digitizing laser so i mean it's, yes mm -hmm. i think it's used very well and you know it's just a great song i mean it's one of my favorite journey songs so you can't go wrong there mm -hmm. well unfortunately we do have to talk about what went wrong <laughs> with this film because not everything can be you know just ones you got to have your zeros in there too yeah so, uh, Nathan, what was one of your dislikes? Okay, we've already hinted at it. We need to talk about it. The, the de-aging technology in this. Yeah, it's bad here. Okay. They, they did not have the deep fakes ready for this. No, yeah, they, no. they didn't. And honestly, I mean, I give them credit for even trying it. It had yeah. to be mm -hmm. done. if Because it's used a lot now. I, it's better now, but I don't think it's still quite to the point where it's entirely it's, believable so it had to start for, somewhere they used it to age up somebody as you yeah. pointed out mm. so this one they're trying to de-age somebody with it now i i put a little bit of an asterisk next to this because i think it's fine for clue because clue is supposed to be an avatar anyway mm -hmm. so if he looks a little bit digital i'm cool with that the issue is when they use it for young <laughs> Flynn in the uh, at the beginning of the movie and in the flashbacks, oh they gosh. should oh, have yeah. just used clever camera angles and just never shown his face because it looks I, I, I get what really weird. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. Granted, we're still limited by the technology, yes, which is the biggest issue, but. A modern audience who maybe has not seen the original film, it doesn't hurt to show what he possibly looked like at that time period. It would have been better if you just had a photo that you saw I was say, you that showed you what you look like so that when, you know, we do actually see Clue, it's like, oh, it's it's Kevin. Are we supposed to think he's the villain here? Mm -hmm. I didn't. But... Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I think it was a mistake to use it for young Kevin. It was fine for Clue. And yeah. the, but it did allow them. I will say this, even though I'm saying it didn't work for young for young Kevin Flynn, it did allow them to have Jeff Bridges play two different characters mm -hmm. and be able to play a younger his you know his original his original character back in the 80s, and you know and then also to play Clue and then be able to use the same actor because that's what this technology allows you to do. Mm -hmm. It allows you to use the same actor and not just have to recast them necessarily. In some no, cases, recasting is, is advisable, but. <laughs> it worked for Lindsay Lohan, so. <laughs> the Parent Trap? In the, in the new version of The Parent oh, Trap. Oh, 98? Okay. <laughs> and the original version of The Parent Trap. I just can't remember that actress's name. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah. I, anyway. Yeah, so I gotcha. So, it. Yeah, it doesn't look that part. Pardon the pun. It hasn't aged well, so I'll grant you that one. Uh, Jacob, what's your first dislike? My first dislike is wooden performance. 
By who? Who's wooden performance? Garrett uh, Hydralin? I'm probably butchering the man's name. I apologize. The guy who played Sam. Oh. Oh. That guy. I wasn't that yeah. bo- I wasn't that bothered by him. That didn't mess with me too much because he was supposed to be playing a, 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 a was a disinfected disaffected. Yeah. Whatever the word is. A disaffected yeah. teenager. Yeah, disaffected teenager. I'd be like, I understand he's, that. He's not he's a not teenager. A Power Ranger, so <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's just like a lot I know of he's his... not actually a teenager, but he acts like the stereotype of a teenager. Yeah. But most like most of his lines were very they were very wooden performance. I'm not saying like all of his performance was bad, but there was a lot of like his execution was kind of wooden. And like just kind of like dry wooden performance in a lot of the scenes not saying like his performance was bad overall i'm just saying just pointing out in uh in portions of the film be like where his performance just is kind of wooden there's not a real like you know like depth of emotion going on here mm-hmm. jacob but, watch yeah. megaforce and tell me if you don't <laughs> change your mind about this kid He's mainly suggesting look at the Red Ranger. I've, I've seen that performance. I, yeah, I've, I've seen those uh, Neo Sapon error performances and some of them. It's like, good night. I agree. Those are wooden. Those are extremely wooden. Uh, like his his performance in this movie, we like it's good. But there's certain parts where it is just kind of just it's wooden and flat. I, I feel but, like it's a little bit of like it seems to be a little bit of a style of acting and then some Hollywood blockbusters. Because yeah, who okay. was the guy? Especially around this time. Yeah, especially around this played, time. Who was the guy the, who played Edward in Twilight? I can't think of his name. Right, Robert Pattinson. Robert, Robert Pattinson, Pattinson. Thank you. And then Robert what was Pattinson, it? And Kristen Stewart at the time. Right. Had and this oh my almost gosh. no emotion acting. That was right. And what was the name? What group. was Dang it! What was the name of the guy who was in Clash of the Titans? He was in, uh, and he was in Avatar. Oh, the uh, I know who you're talking yes. about. Um, oh my gosh, I can, I can, I see your point. I do see your point. Yes, he was right. in the new Avatar. He was yeah. in, in Water because he's playing the same character. Right. Uh, I just can't remember the CG his name version now. of the character, but still, I just Either can't way. remember his name now. So, uh, uh, because he's the same way. Yeah, uh, Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, Sam Worthington. He's the same way, and uh, to a certain extent, Aaron Taylor Thomas is the same way. I guess it's, it's an er- that error of acting. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, because uh, the uh, the main character there in, in uh, 2014 Godzilla is the same problem. I think. Yeah, except I, I think, think in name. that it's a, it's by design with the character because he's supposed to be military and very disciplined true but it i would have liked some emotion out of the guy i mean he did cry once but once (laughs) (laughs) but anyway right that was my first just like more nitpick but eh, nuance if we're talking about nitpicks (laughs) this computer system is supposed to be what five years advanced from the original tron for seven years uh, i think at least seven, at least at least seven yeah yeah and this system i'm assu- I'm assuming this is a top of the line mainframe from this time period okay uh that has been left running and no one's noted the power bill that's an issue but that's not one i was going to bring up uh, <laughs> <laughs> no it's like the big thing about this is that this program somehow generated these comp- living 
computer programs called ISOs. This movie was made in twenty was released in what 2011? 2010. 2010. Twenty years later, after the system come out, you tell me I've got little fa- besides Dlet because Dlet's awesome, but <laughs> I've got other these little living computer programs in my computer right now because they're far more powerful than that I, mainframe was. I, I my don't... phone is more powerful than that mainframe was. <laughs> I think the idea... My watch is more powerful than that mainframe was, and it's not a smartwatch. I think the idea was that they were just a complete and utter fluke. They were a miracle. They really shouldn't exist. The Holy Scrubs is a miracle. I I get that, but there's still a part of me that's going, you know, statistically, (laughs) all the computers in the world, somewhere there has to be more of those things. Granted, no one else has the ability to go in their computer and look at them like like he does, but still, yeah. it's like I'm. It's just, it brought it was one of those moments about when they know when they brought that on, and I was reminded of that Bruce Wayne quote from Batman Forever. It just raises too many questions <laughs> <laughs> because that's just the thought process that went to my mind. It was enough I had to stop and pause and process for a second before I could get back to the movie. It's a minor thing. It's a nitpick. It does not matter in the grand scheme of things. I get that. But mm-hmm. it's just like, uh, you know, I know when they made the first film, this was a very computers equal magic sort of thing, but we are not in that world anymore. <laughs> We're no longer in Kansas. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but you know, I mean, like I said, it's a nitpick. It's just, it, I, I like that they stuck with the consistency. It's just, it's a little harder for me to take now. Mm outside of the as a current computer-based film as opposed to a computer-based film from the past Mm. either way right Uh, nathan what's your second dislike i'm actually gonna go with what i think is the biggest of the other dislikes i have and not just nitpicks and that is the and and this may be retroactively rendered you know pointless later but all of the dangling threads that we may or may not ever see get resolved in a sequel. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot of them. Cause you had Dillinger's son, the ISOs in the human world. What's going to become of Sam now that he's in charge of NCOM. There's a lot of unanswered questions. Well, obviously uh, he's going to introduce the end pod so that later they can make the end phone because this yeah, kid is very obviously steve jobs right right and you know and then stuff after like after he what, worked for xr for a while yeah and then stuff like you know what happened to tron could his dad possibly still be alive i mean you know the, there's a lot of interesting things that you could play with and some questions that still need to be answered and they had every intention of doing it because they were trying to set up threads that they could use for sequels while still remaining focused on you know, the story that they're trying to tell right there in that movie. That's an art we forgot how to do in Hollywood. <laughs> but so I'm frustrated by the fact that we may not ever get to see resolution to any of that. I don't know what's going to happen with Aries. I don't even know if it's going to get made and if it gets made, what it's going to be about. So who knows? Yeah. (laughs) Jacob, what's your second dislike? My second dislike. Now this is a nitpick and I understand that 
the original Tron came out in 1982 mm-hmm. and did not do well in the box office. It was a failure and became a uh, cult classic. Yeah, it became a cult classic after that. But and this film kind of did the same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. But a lot faster. Yeah, it was I, a cult classic while it was still in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think about that. But it's like you had a movie that came out in '82. This movie came out in 2010, so you have a a a, uh, a time gap of 28 years. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, that's not the longest gap between film productions. I think it was like the longest is I think it's the original Bambi, which came out in the the 40s, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, and then you have Bambi two, which but, came out in 2000. But that was a wasn't that straight to DVD? It was. Yes, but it is a sequel, and it was Disney tuned. That is true. Which I almost don't want to count it for that. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then you then you use another one. Like the same director who directed this film. He also directed Top Gun Maverick. Fair. Which came out in 85. This came out in 2022. So you a 30-year gap. So be like the idea of Top Gun Maverick, very popular at its time when it was in the theaters and afterwards, cult, you know, uh grabbed the cultural zeitgeist. And so it comes, the second one comes out, big blockbuster. You have Tron, didn't do well in theaters, cult class for many years. Disney wouldn't, didn't want to touch it for almost two decades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they finally create a second one 26 years later. And you have a similar effect with Tron Legacy. Long Tron Legacy is a good movie, but it didn't do great, great in movies, in the theaters. So I think if they would have done... Tron Legacy in the 90s? Like, maybe it would have, because it's so far removed from its the, the time period in which the original was made. I don't know, maybe a little too late? Maybe a little too early when they came Good. out? The, the, Two the things about that. Two things okay. about that. One, they would not have been able to, it would not have looked as good. Oh, it would I not have, but, but that's actually not what I was going to bring up. For, for yeah. First, I think somebody had been trying to get a sequel to Tron made for years. Oh, yeah. And it just took them all the way until, you know, the late 2000s to make it happen. So somebody was trying to do it. The original Tron was in the Disney vault for like ever. Mm -hmm. And like the only way it came out on a DVD, like once, like early on, and then it took Mm -hmm. another 10 years for Mm -hmm. it to come back out on DVD. Yeah. Agreed. For this movie. Yeah, for this yeah. movie. So it's like not many people had as there were people who had nostalgia, but they were it was nostalgia based on some memories they had from years back. It wasn't like something they go, "Oh, I love this movie. I watch it every five years." That's true. Right. So right now, I will say this: you guys have talked about the "quote unquote" dark age of Disney. Mm-hmm. Tron Legacy. Oh, no, excuse me, not Tron Legacy. The original Tron is about the only movie from that time period that has been truly popular in any sense you know the rest of them up until you get to little mermaid yeah well no 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 i'm talking like 75 to 85 that's what what i consider the the dark period it ended with the black cauldron and basically anything they were making was was very experimental and most of them you know aren't really that well known a couple of them managed to get to cult classic status but most of them other than tron have not really gotten the star treatment you know other than maybe like the black hole but that's only because it was disney making star wars before disney owned star wars <laughs> but 
Hey, and you laugh, but when I, I saw the black hole as a kid and was convinced it was a prequel movie to Star Trek the Motion Picture. <laughs> that would actually make for a long of, time. That would actually make some sort of weird sense. But I, I, it, was, it was one of those that I had not, even though I after at a much later age, I, having not seen the black hole in a while, I knew it wasn't. But I got to rewatch it on Disney Plus and go. Why on earth did I think this was a prequel? <laughs> right. But anyway, all of that to yeah. say, there was interest in oh, yeah. making a sequel. It just took forever to do it. Agreed. And then my second response to what you said, Jacob, was the reason why the, the, you know you had a bigger gap, but very different results with the box office is because Top Gun was already a pop culture icon. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. So people were people who liked the, the original movie were yeah. going to see it because they liked the original movie, and then that movie was actually good, and it was coming out at a time where people were like, "There's nothing good to see in the theater except Top Gun Maverick." So, mm-hmm. Well, and it also does not hurt Top Gun to be a a movie that's been the cultural high in the cultural zeitgeist for years. Yes. B star, stars Tom Cruise in both versions, which. As much as I hate to admit it, he is a force to be reckoned with anytime he's on screen. He's one of the last pop, few true movie true. stars left in the you know in Hollywood right now. Like mm-hmm. there and, are and not very he, many people in Hollywood where you say this guy's in a movie, this person's in a movie. There, people are going to go see it regardless. And, and yet, I see his name and go, eh, maybe I'll skip that one because I don't really like Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking just, about you, Drew. <laughs> I know I'm weird. <laughs> But uh, and Jeff Bridges was a rising name again at this time. Yes, it was. was like not far from True Grit. True Grit. True. So, very mm-hmm. true. He was big, and of course the dude mm-hmm. from. I, uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Kevin Flynn turned into the dude. Yes, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> In the he thirty years, did. it felt like he was playing the same character. <laughs> You just half expected to see him bowling in a, in the in that world. Made a, actually, I half expected him to be playing Wii bowling somehow. <laughs> actually, well, I'm trying to remember what was what was that line when they were on the solar sailors? Like, uh, I'm gonna go knock on the sky and listen for the sound. I mean, that sounds like yeah, a very yeah. dude thing to say. Oh yeah, you could tell he'd been drinking the Zen juice for a while. <laughs> You're messing with my Zen thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Which, which I, I, I think actually is a nice contrast with Sam because Sam is a is very much a daredevil. So right, you know, right. it's a nice contrast between the two of them. Because the I love I, this is like if we were doing more likes, I just want to say I love the father son story in this. Mm-hmm. It's Agreed. it's a story that's very po- powerful. Sometimes I think it's powerful for all the wrong reasons because people not enough people have good fathers in their lives but if you look at some of the like the highest rated movies on imdb at least this is what i was told back when i was taking screenwriting classes a lot of them are father-son stories Hmm. so anyway my last dislike i saved this one oh no i think it might be a little more controversial oh no incoming hot take You ready for this, Jimmy? First off, brace for impact. <laughs> First off, I I need to know: was I the only person who didn't immediately realize that Rensler was Tron as soon as he showed up on screen? Was I the only person who recognized this? Thinking back on when I saw the movie the first time, I don't remember if I 
thought he was trying to immediately. I do know before it was revealed, I think I had figured it out. I figured it out as soon as he went up against Sam in that first fight, because immediately I saw the little cubes here in the T shape. And I mean, like, Oh no, that's Tron. Why is he evil? Why are, why are we making the main villain guy, main good guy, a villain again? This work you did this in Mission Impossible. Why are we doing this again? <laughs> I'm, I, that did admittedly put a bad taste in my mouth at the beginning, but it occurred to me that's like Tron is barely in this movie as a character. <laughs> yes, I he did actually. Work. I did actually have that written down as another possible dislike. The title character is and isn't in this movie much. Yeah. Rensler, because he's Rensler for most of the uh, most of the movie, mm-hmm. and for all intents and purposes, that's a separate character from Tron, because he's got entirely different character developments, and entirely different motivations. It's not till you know he gets baptized in the digital water that somehow say <laughs> ca- causes him to get a restore. I still don't know what actually <laughs> a, happened it, there. They, well, you could say that he died, but it's just like turning your computer on and off, you know? <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. You got a nice reboot. Right. And because and, so the minute he, and, and the thing is, as soon as I recognized that was Tron, I knew how the rest of his journey was going to go throughout the rest of the film. Mm. And it was just a matter of waiting for certain plot points to happen. I'm going to call that genre, being genre savvy because I've seen this form of redemption arc so many times yeah it's the darth vader uh arc when you get right down to it yeah you can see that and as a person who is a sucker for good redemption stories trons isn't one okay (laughs) it's a redemption story it's just not a very good one because even for the darth vader archetype redemption story it doesn't even do that one that good because we never really get to know who this Rensler is other than he's a mindless killer of whoever clues six him on. Which mm-hmm. I think was the whole point. He was yeah. he was just a very powerful, loyal minion. That's all he was to Clue. Mm-hmm. And Agreed. And it, it's supposed like to be either. like, you know, look at Tron, this really cool character from the first movie, and now we have reduced him to this. Right, but that still doesn't... It doesn't make me, it doesn't help me connect with that character very much. Cause now it's like, oh, you changed. It, it makes, uh, if you're going to do this, I've got to be able to connect with that character in that state. Mm. And I never connected with Rensler at all. When you look at Darth Vader, believe it or not, I can actually connect with Darth Vader. Mm. So that when he, you get to return to the Jedi and you get, he's going through that redemption arc, I actually feel good for the guy. This was, I, I'm sitting there going, oh, He's good now. I didn't see that coming from a mile yeah, away. Yeah, but Darth Vader got three movies. I know. True. I know. He got one. But I've seen so many other things where it just had even like 30 minutes, and I already connected with a redemption arc for a character much faster than this. You didn't in think other Rensler sh- was all that cool? I didn't think Rensler was cool at all. I just thought I was like, oh, he's anti-Tron. <laughs> wow i guess this that i guess that's the difference character. i didn't immediately figure it out and i thought he was really cool so i yeah. i guess i because like i said i immediately figured it out so it's like yeah i'm not surprised he's that good at the games i'm not surprised he's 
this good at racing and in, in the bikes. I'm not surprised he didn't kill Sam when he saw blood and immediately saw he was a user. None of this was a surprise to me. So I was never asking myself what's going on with this guy. So that when you finally get to the point where it starts becoming painfully obvious, he's Tron mm. before they reveal I'm sitting there going, yes, I've been here for half an hour, guys. You're not helping your case any. And I grant this could be a me thing. If you did not catch early on immediately that that was Tron, I can I get it. You, I can see how you you worked with it more. But I was already thirty minutes past this past, past that in the journey by the t- where the movie was, and it was like just hurry up and redeem him so we can move on. It's kind of a feeling, I, and I kind of I was a little it felt a little bit better in this movie because. Now I'm watching all the other people. I'm not so worried. The fact that, Doug, guys, I already know this. I don't care about all, I'm more interested about all the other secrets. Like, okay, I know all the other secrets too now. So I, I can now experience the movie as, as the journey it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But it's like in that first moment, it's like, uh, I get it. Move on. <laughs> How does I, nobody else in this world recognize that Renslor is drawn? Jeff Bridges should have figured this out by now. That's the the real Jeff Bridges, not the not the clue Jeff Bridges. <laughs> well, in, clue Jeff. In, in Kevin Flynn's defense, he spent most of his time away from there. That is true. I get so it, true. but he should have seen like video or something. Well, Laura he also he also as soon as he saw Rensler, he's like <gasps> drawn, and I'm like, that's how we're gonna handle the big plot twist. Yeah, that was like okay. That's a little underwhelming. And I and right. I remember even the first time I saw it, I'm like, yeah, I, I by that well before that point, I had figured it out. I think I probably started piecing it together after the flashback. Because I'm like, we didn't actually yeah. see Tron D Rez. So I bet he's not dead. He's that Rinsler guy, isn't he? And it's <laughs> the only person it can be. Yeah. It's the only person whose face we never see. True. Right. Ever it's- see. We don't even get him as Tron. Are you telling me Alan Bradley, you know, Bruce Boxliner wouldn't have gotten his face scanned just like Kevin Flynn did? He did in the flashbacks. Yes, but not for the movie. Oh, well, well, well. Jeff Bridges would have gotten it. Did it? Why couldn't you do it for this? For, uh, it's because Bruce we didn't Boxliner. flash back to young, to young Alan. In the I'm 80s. just saying, you if, if I would, I would have maybe thought that reveal was cooler if the helmet got knocked off and we see young Bruce Boxleitner's face say, You'd be the one that actually says, I said, I, I, I fight it? for uh, the users. I, I fight for the users. I go, okay, I'm feeling this now. But I was like, no, this is like Darth Vader saying, no, as he throws, <laughs> as he, as he throws the guy, to, uh, throws a Palpatine. That was added later, sir. Oh, my God. I yeah. know, but it's just as stupid. <laughs> You're making Jimmy angry. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm on your side. I'm saying this is just as stupid as that. <laughs> Uh, what'd he say uh, he's talking to you man I don't, <laughs> uh, I don't know what to tell you jimmy i'm just saying I, this is just my opinion i i i don't like those changes in empire in empire in uh Return Return of the Jedi. or new hope i like one or two in empire but that's just personal opinion <laughs> Oh, yeah, and we're not here to talk about star wars, wars. Yeah, just don't get him started on the prequels he will rant master all day trust me i've heard it <laughs> i will try not to bring up sand anyway uh, oh. 
I, I see he's already starting. All right, you need to start. Just shut up, Jimmy. Shut up. Anyway, uh, of course it's rough. It gets everywhere. Yeah, we know. We know. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, do we have that, anything? Sorry, what? Go ahead. I think that's everything. We've all done yeah, two. I was about to ask if we had anything else to touch on before we jump into our ratings. Uh, I'm looking at you know just the uh, handful of on. notes that I took on We're there, but we uh, we talked about most of them already. So yeah. well, the the only the only one I could think of, kind of like as a bonus, Michael Michael Sheen performance as Zeus. Oh yeah, I oh wanted God. more of that guy. Yes, I wanted yes. more of that character. And <laughs> yes, yes, the first the time I saw little. the movie, I didn't know who Michael Sheen was. And for uh-huh. a hot minute, like I remember my friend when I saw it with him, I leaned over and I said, "Is that David Bowie?" <laughs> 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 and I wanted it to be David Bowie so bad. <laughs> so I, I, when I watch movies at home now, I usually watch with the uh, subtitles on, just out of habit. And I found it interesting that Zeus's character's name is spelled incredibly close to Zune. It is for the, you know the old player. And I'm sitting there going, you know, with Sam Flynn being essentially Steve Jobs, <laughs> and I, I didn't catch this at the time. It's like, oh, that makes sense that they're that they're antagonistic. One's Bill Gates, one's Steve Jobs. <laughs> right, right, but yeah, but but Zeus was such a good, it was such a good character. Michael oh, Sheen yes, just absolutely. hits it out of the park. Mm-hmm. He's one. That's one of those characters I remember when I was taking writing classes, and they said make basically you said write every single character in your story even the secondary characters like they uh, write them as if they think they're the main character to make them just that much more memorable and you combine you combine some really solid writing with just oh just a a a wonderful showman of of a performer with michael sheen and yeah like Mm -hmm. every scene that zeus is in just the character just jumps off the screen and i yeah. love it and he, i wanted more that, that's why my fan that, theory yeah. is that he got out is that him and jem got out of the building before it blew up because i refused to let them be dead <laughs> right but yeah he is definitely eating the scenery oh yeah and like chewing it up the whole thing I, almost as much as uh paul freeman and mmpr the movie <laughs> <laughs> libations for <Yes>. everyone <laughs> i'm so powerful in this movie i hired the film's composers to dj on a random night <laughs> <laughs> no jimmy i have never ever gone to nessie's brasserie and said that randomly no come on trying to sully my name over here okay you're the one who gets drunk all the time. Sheesh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we go ahead and jump into the ratings for this? Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, Nathan, what are you rating this on a scale? Uh, a 0.0 to 10. No, 0.0 to 10. I was about yeah, to ask what go, the rating got, scale you go, was. You go to 0.0 to 0.5, so on and so forth. I know, I know, I know. It's like because I, I listened it's the to the point the lion. I know it got a 0.0 because that broke the, the rating system. Yeah, we now have to climb 0.0. So it's I'm actually a 21 it, point scale. I surprised it didn't go into the negative. I was expecting a negative. <laughs> like like, a like negative I said five. on the show, uh, it would be, it'd be, I wouldn't call it hot flaming garbage because that would be an insult to hot flaming garbage. <laughs> Right. 
Now, I would say I would probably give this an 8 or an 8.5. I really like it. I know it's not perfect. There are a few things that haven't aged well and a few things that have been left dangling because we never got a sequel. And so, yes. you know, but yeah, probably 8.5 is where I would put it. I highly recommend it to anybody to watch it. It's actually really interesting to see this, knowing that this is was made just a few short years before the MCU landed really on a tone and a style that then everybody started copying. Because if this had been made just a few more years later, it would have been more like an MCU movie, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But because it was before the MCU became that and released in a year, the, the one off year that the MCU had <laughs> since 2008. So, you know, it's, it is very different as you were pointing out, you know, feeling very eighties, very much of a different era. So I highly recommend people find it and watch it. It's on Disney plus. And once you're done with that, go give the original. I would say if you haven't seen it and, Tron Uprising a try. I would say watch the original movie first before you watch this. Probably. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think you could yeah. watch it without watching the original, but Yeah, yes. but it I don't know if it's that's the optimal order. Probably not. Way. And well, if you got the chance you got the time, I would suggest it. Yeah, right. plus Tron Legacy does give you enough information yeah. going into it. You can be like if you're go- going at this movie fresh. Be like, yeah. you haven't seen the first one. You can go in. It's like, okay, I generally understand what's going on. Right. right. I'm just saying if you have the chance and you've got time, watch the fir- watch the original Tron first and then Agreed. This. Which is also on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Thank goodness. Yes. Which I just looked it up. Iron Man 2 was the only other, well, only MCU movie to come out the same year, so. Oh, okay. I was like, what? okay, maybe I'm thinking of there was it's, only one movie, not that they had an off year. Yeah, 2000. Well, there was an off year because they didn't release a movie in 2009. That's true. There was a next. There was a year between Incredible yeah. Hulk and Iron Man Two. We've just gotten so used to the MCU being so ubiquitous, they're going to release ten movies a year. So, um, I'm hoping they go back down to three and stay at three. I like two actually. Two two movies and two shows. I'd be happy with that because then maybe right. the maybe the CG would look better. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Uh, Ironheart could have looked a lot better than she did. <laughs> She-Hulk could have looked like She-Hulk. There was no saving She-Hulk <laughs> in the last episode. Because <laughs> I have opinions that that last episode not only ruined She-Hulk, it kind of ruined most of what Phase 4 was doing. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, I gave up after a couple episodes, watched the Daredevil episode, got disappointed, heard about the finale, and watched the controversial bit of the finale, and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> no, <sighs> no, that's, no, no. Like, Deadpool is looking at you and saying, "That's, that's breaking much. the fourth wall too hard." <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Anyway, uh, Jacob, what are you rating this? I am going to give this a solid eight. This, like, it's a it's a great film. Uh, it's a great sequel to its uh, predecessor, Tron. It has be like um, like Nate used earlier the comparison of the Wizard of Oz. It has so many of those wonderful nuances as a film. Uh, it has great character. There's a you know the the uncanny valley gets a little crispy here and there, but it's over- not the worst uncanny valley. We've no, watched. it's not. It's not. 
believe I, me. I would say the Polar Express was worse than this. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Ben Avery agree. still can't watch that movie for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, the movie is really well done. Yeah, d- highly recommend go watch this movie. It's definitely a very solid eight. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Ooh. Uh, it's just not as I'm going to admit a lot of my reason I'm lower than both of y'all is because it's not really what I wanted, but you take out what I wanted and it's still a good movie. So yeah, 7.5. It's a fun, enjoyable trip. It's just, I don't know. Maybe I, I think I was wanting something more in tone more maybe with the first movie, but I'm fine with this also. Ah, right. I will confess that a large part of what, gets this movie as high as it is for me is that dank soundtrack man i mean this this Mm. soundtrack is so good never underestimate a good soundtrack (laughs) Mm -hmm. because i gotta admit there's there there are parts of there's a part of me that i look at some of these you know obviously nostalgia based films and i look at going why can't we just have what the other one did but with the budget we would give something now with the technology we have something uh, we have now why do we have to change everything to fit a tone that i don't know i'm i'm thinking to, I, I may be go, reaching too far I just, I just wanted more of what i saw in the original this is technically a different film should let it be what it is either way anywho where was i going with that i thought you were going to transition to yeah, I need to transition the to the next second. thing. Yes. I had a brain fart. I apologize. <laughs> 9.45. I'm He's sorry. a tutor. Yeah. <laughs> Comes out of his ears. <laughs> I walked right into that. Yes, you did. <laughs> Unfortunately, only the patrons. I th- oh, wait. Did we say that on the air? I forget. <laughs> I think that's a patron thing. That's and a patron I patron thing. And technically... So is this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's go ahead and jump into uh, our next segment. So Jacob, I have a question. Oh, uh, I'm going to, I, I don't have a question for you yet. Mm. I have that in a minute, but first we got to get a word from our sponsors. And so we'll join you on the other side of the intermission. <laughs> and after that, we will talk about, you know, all the other stuff. This podcast is a proud member of culture box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the culture box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. This week, we suggest checking out Sunning and Brave, where each week hosts Chris Cowan of the Babylon Bee and Nate Henderson of some boring budgeting job confess their privilege, spotlight stunning social media posts, and fabricate outrage, all while keeping you super woke and enlightened. They will make you laugh. That's right. You have no choice. Check out Stunning and Brave at stunningandbrave.net. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons. Josh Adams, Ashley Ruiz, Book of Gaming, and PaulJPowers.com. To get your name on the show, plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast, plus reviews and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. I still find it funny to have Master Interrupter interrupt the Patreon shout out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not me. Yeah. 
or you, Jimmy. <laughs> All right, Jacob, I do actually have a question for you now. All right. What have you been watching? All right, so what have I been watching? So actually a lot, actually, this past, you know, the past week and a half. <laughs> Uh, so we did a singles movie night oh, last yes. Saturday. Yes, we did. Yes, we I did. I was there for that. Yes, you were. You, I mean, like, you had to go find <laughs> a DVD player. I mean, like, the DVD so, like, would not connect with the TV. Well, well, let me explain. Okay. Because I, 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 it's a lot, there's a little bit to it. A little. A couple years ago, our church did a big AV upgrade and replaced, like, a bunch of the TVs around the building. Mm. They replaced, the one that we, we were going to use was in the coffee alcove. And it only had HDMI ports on it. Mm -hmm. And the singles department DVD player that we've had for years that works fine with the television that's actually in our Sunday school room only has RCA jacks. So it wouldn't work on that television. So I had to run back to the apartment, grab my Xbox, take it all the way back up there so we can watch this movie. Fun fact. I hope it was my, worth it. My disc, my, my disc, one of Power Rangers Turbo was still on the unit when I got there. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, yeah, we'll just watch that instead. <laughs> well, anyway, anyways, <laughs> uh, we watched uh, a little movie called uh, Courageous Legacy. Uh, it's a movie that came out in two thousand. What was wait, that? Wait, 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 wait. As in the movie about cops and fatherhood? Yes, yes that one. Yes, that's a sequel. It's no, not it's, really a sequel. It's more like 2.0. Yeah, they, they, they added like 10 they added some extra it. scenes and they put in like a extended end scene to show what happened 10 years later. Yeah. So you saw Courageous Legacy and Tron Legacy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think Which I legacy was Tron better? Legacy. <laughs> I think I preferred Tron Legacy just simply because I think it was a better written movie, but that's beside the point. Yeah. yeah there were so some moments. I'll admit there were some moments in Courageous Legacy that got me. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, agreed there was just a lot of points where i was looking at and going good night who wrote this dialogue <laughs> the only it's scene, a little stilted here and there the a only little. scene i remember from the original courageous was the scene when they were freaking out the kid in the backseat of the police car because that was really oh my funny. gosh funny that was hilarious <laughs> well, i have concluded was... that the church that makes these movies they're good at writing scenes but not entire stories <laughs> I, I also Fair. i also liked the scene where uh he realizes that the handyman he hired is not the actual handyman oh he was supposed gosh. to hire. Yes. And they're doing that back and forth. It's like a modern day who's on first, even though it's yes. not quite as good as that. Because, like, yeah, you, your name is, uh, was it Enrico? No, it was uh, uh, some uh, Spanish name. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, yes. It's like, and wow. It was a bat weird, cool back it and forth. So it's like, good. Okay, that was actually clever. It was clever writing. Why isn't the rest of this movie like this? <laughs> Why do yes. we have to sit through this whole stilted scene of, yes, I'm writing this resolution and we're all going to sign. And it's like, <laughs> good night. You, I just realized y'all, y'all realized y'all could make money off this in the, in the third party department. And uh -huh. that's why y'all wrote the scene. <laughs> uh huh. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, it's still thought, better than fireproof. I didn't watch. Fireproof. I haven't seen fireproof. I've, I, I, I tend not to go terrible. watch the, 
<laughs> I tend not to go watch the Christian movies in general because most of the time the writing is not that good. Agree. And the filming can sometimes be worse. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You yes. know the film I'm referring to. Oh my although, gosh. Although I'm still a little bit curious about that Pure Flix Samson movie from like five, six years ago because it looked like they were doing it in the style of Conan the Barbarian, which might be brilliant. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> I think it's. I think I saw like a trailer to that at one point. It was like it sounded interesting. So we watched that. Be like, it was. It was like it was a decent movie. It wasn't like fantastic. Be like, it had points that was funny as can be. It had some touching moments here mm-hmm. and there. The dialogue, yes, was stilted in a lot of places. In a lot some of places, places, it was good. But yes, yeah, a, yeah. a lot of it wasn't. In fact, it was actually decent actors all the way through. Yeah, it was decent part. acting. Yeah. So overall, be like, it was a decent film. It wasn't. It wasn't like one of these. Oh my gosh, I got to go buy this movie now. I've seen some movies that were yeah far better than this, and I've seen some Christian films that were Brothers Keeper. Oh my gosh, I've Here. seen worse acting because I've watched The Room. <laughs> you've seen worse act, uh, worse acting because you've watched Megaforce. Actually, yes. <laughs> Although at least they're pr- at least the actors are prettier in Megaforce. At least the Yellow Ranger is. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So, uh, like I said before, I, I watched the first episode of Tron Uprising on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I found that interesting. There, again, didn't have the full context of what was going on. It was like, why, why is... Uh, why is this Tron character dressed up dressed up like this? And he's, you know, a good guy, but he's supposed to be with the bad guys. I'm like, what's going on? But understanding what you said earlier, Nate, that makes more sense now. Uh, so I watched that. And so I was getting my notes ready. I'm, I'm, I'm already on Netflix, already on Netflix. I'm looking around, looking around. It's like, oh, this very classic movie that came out in 2000, like 2000, 2001 came out. I really wouldn't watch. I haven't seen this since theaters. Plot, what? Very uh, classic, he says. Huh? Two thousand one is kind of classic. Two, now, two, yeah, now it's a classic. Twenty years. Twenty old. years ago. Yeah. Anyway, what was it? I don't. I. I. I put that classic at, at more like forty years ago, but still. Anyway, what was, was it? <laughs> Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, they movie. have that on Netflix now. Yes, it's on yes, Netflix, but no. it's a theatrical it's, version. Yeah, it's not the extended, oh. you know, director's uber duper bunch of movie. Hey, I just know that no, even with the director's edition, he was still smart enough to leave out Tom Bombadil. <laughs> Tom Bombadil, <laughs> character who adds nothing to the story, but is in the book and derails the book in the like the in the first quarter of the of the entire okay. first book. Okay. There again, I only know Lord of the Rings. I will bite my tongue on that, but okay. I'm just saying. I understand why he's not in the movie, but I would say he does serve a purpose in the novel. I'm just saying this guy could have taken... People always joke about how, why didn't the Eagles take the ring to Mordor? And of course, there's very good reasons why the Eagles didn't. I'm saying Tom Bombadil could have walked right up to... uh, uh, Right up to, to the tower... Not, uh, was stare make, make goo goo faces at, at Sauron's giant eye, and then thrown that ring straight into Mount Doom from what is that seven miles away, and it's and no no one would and, and it would because the guy that character is so overpowered. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, that's the Brentmaster activated. <laughs> I deserve that actually. <laughs> But that's always my problem with the book. It's like, Tolkien, why didn't you include this character? He wrecks, he wrecks the power curve. 
I'm learning stuff every day. Anyway, <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring. We, we, we really the... ought. We really ought to do the animated one one day. Yeah, we will. We which will. one? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> There's two of them. The, we we got to go through the Rankin Bass trilogy at some point. <laughs> well, no, there's the one from the '70s that was directed. What was that guy's name? He was a famous, well, kind of famous fan animated fantasy film director in the '80s. Bakshi, gonna, Ralph Bakshi. Ralph Bakshi, Ralph Bakshi yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's the Rankin Bass one. Yeah. No, it's not Rankin Bass. It's produced by Rankin Bass. Bass. Was it? Yeah. Yes. It looks so different that I never thought it was Rankin yeah, it's, Bass. It's not. People always think of the Rankin Bass as the uh, as either Thundercats or the stop motion stuff. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of the two D animation stuff too. They did. Okay. I was gonna okay. say that 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 would be an interesting one because it ends on a cliffhanger. It ends right after and the it, Battle of Elm's Deep. And it also does not include Tom Bombadil. <laughs> but that's I because they why. truncated it even more than the Peter Jackson movies. Anywho. Yes. Uh, so the last thing I watched was um, Empire Games on Netflix. Uh, apparently it's it's going through the, the different empires that were throughout the world. And they do this it's like a documentary style, but it's a series. And I really enjoyed that. So, Drew, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Power Rangers Turbo. That's what I've been watching. <laughs> Apparently, we don't talk about Turbo. Actually, no. We don't turbo talk about is... Turbo. Whoa, whoa, Nathan whoa. may not talk about Turbo. <laughs> but uh, I will say that Turbo is surprising to me in that it's not the utter piece of garbage I thought it was. Ah, It's still not. It's still the worst of the Zordon era, that, but... There's actually some like decent concepts I'm seeing in here, and I want, and I know some of that is not coming from Car Ranger. Some of that is trying to make Car Ranger footage work, <laughs> just from the couple episodes of Car Ranger I've also seen, and go, how on earth could they fit this into what Turbo Power Rangers was doing? And then I see the actual episode, go, oh, that's how they did it. <laughs> I, I'm just saying the fire truck episode from like was episode not eleven or twelve, where they. Uh, if turbo that comes from like the first episode of car ranger and i had no idea how car ranger how how that was going to work until i saw it so (laughs) anyway sorry Mm. off topic uh not really off topic but anyway uh other than that i have mostly been playing hogwarts legacy (laughs) ah how another legacy You istophobe. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that was. Totally I'm playing fantastic. it because it's the hog. It, it's it's the Harry Potter simulator. Let's face it. <laughs> In the 1800s. No, it's actually a pretty decent game. So yeah, I'm enjoying that. Ah. Uh, so. But this uh, is Nathan, what have you been watching? Not what have you been playing? Oh, we kind of include games also. Oh yeah, and oh. I played some Zelda. Uh, breath of the wild on stream the other night but anyway okay so before you do that be like speaking of power rangers i've been going through power rangers in space hi yes <gasps> too. i love that one yes <laughs> yes no. it's 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 for- i couldn't have told you <laughs> like power rangers in space <laughs> no like okay fine blue wigs and black leather sue me Thank you. <laughs> Shut up, Jimmy. You're not allowed to do that. Don't you dare talk to Mike. Uh, not Michael. But uh, yeah, Michael will give me flack for it. No, don't talk to Raymond. Anyway. Anyway. Nathan, what have you been watching? What haven't I been watching? 
Besides <laughs> Die Ranger? <laughs> uh, no, I finished Die Ranger a while ago. I'm a couple episodes into Kaku Ranger now for the power trip. I've also, just this week, because Drew, you and I will probably promote this a little bit at the end of the episode, but since I am now finished with the original Kamen Rider for Henshin Men, I've been going through Kamen Rider Black, because it just got released ah. on Blu-ray, and so I, I'm really enjoying that one. I just finished the first 12 or so episodes of that, and I'm trying to think what else, I'll, what else I'll are we going through. I've been trying to catch... Radar at the moment. <laughs> Uh -huh. I'll admit that's not on my radar at the moment because after I finished with Turbo and Car Ranger, I've got, was that, six Ultraman sets staring me uh -huh. in the face? Well, actually, <laughs> speaking of Ultraman, Ultraman, I've been going through I've been going through the Ultraman franchise, mostly in chronological order, and I am on The Ultraman, which is a 1979 anime. Mm. Not Tokusatsu, an anime, and it was animated by the studio that also that eventually became sunrise the studio that made gundam right and this was made the same year as the original gundam so mm. it, which you could tell because the the ultra host in this looks like our array a bit <laughs> and the science patrol team's main ship looks like the white base <laughs> Dallas, you need to watch this show. It's on Tubi. <laughs> and so I've been watching that. And let me think what else. I've been trying to get caught up on Star Wars Andor. I need to get caught up on that. Yeah. Yes, Jimmy, you and I watched that together uh, off hours. And <laughs> I've talked about this a bit on Henshin Men. I am... Not ashamed to admit I have also been watching the original Sailor Moon. Who made you the arbiter of the man card? I was about to say, neither one of us care that you watch Sailor Moon. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm aware about who... fighting evil by moonlight and winning love by daylight and never running from a real fight. I'm just saying, apparently, you're not allowed to be you know, a straight guy and watch this show unironically. People are stupid. Anyway, <laughs> agreed. It's just old girl Power Rangers. I mean, seriously, it's just old That's girl all Power it is. Rangers. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just the movie that it's just the television show that actually modernized magical girl shows outside of cute shows of girls seeing what their future careers could be because that's all magical girl was before that. Well, Cutie Honey was kind of the first magical girl, but you know that's awkward. Of, of, well, I'm I'm think okay. I probably should just send you the link, but there is a, a, a YouTube channel I was watching that did a, like this whole thing on a, on a character called Minky Momo. That was I've like heard a, of that actually early, early magical girl, like a seventies, late seventies, early eighties. And there's an episode where they, that's like, cause the toy sales drew uh, dried up uh, and they canceled it. They decided to kill the character like three quarters into the ser into the into into the thing and the truck that runs her over is filled with common writer toys <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> to really show you what they really thought about toys and then they still had to keep the show going because they were contractually obligated to, to finish out the season <laughs> so they had to find a way to bring her back <laughs> oh my gosh was this made by Toei? I have to look. I don't think it was. <laughs> I, I, it's got the Toei look, so maybe. <laughs> oh, my 
my god! <laughs> that might be the meanest, most genius thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> well, it was after they had already given up with the original premise and actually had her fight giant robot to giant robot with something else at one point. Oh my god. She fought fake Godzilla. Not the real Godzilla, what? fake Godzilla. Who hasn't fought fake Godzilla? <laughs> no one cares. At least it wasn't Charge Man Ken, but the less said about that garbage, the better. <laughs> uh, let me just say this. Charge without Charge Man Ken. I lost brain cells watching that. <laughs> but anyway. You were still on what you were watching. I I think I've covered basically all uh, anything everything that I can think of at the moment. Oh, and I've been, I mentioned already. I've been watching Trigon Stampede, <laughs> and I've been very mixed on it. I I suspect <laughs> we have similar opinions. I suspect. Yeah. Let, let me put it this way: when we get to which episode was that? Uh, the Rise of the Mushroom Kingdom part three and four yeah three that i that i gave my thoughts yes you did you you will probably agree with me (laughs) yeah i have opinions yes Uh, i do too i do too oh but if you you know if you ever if you ever do go back and watch the old trigun (laughs) oh i love the old trigun if you ever do badlands rumble have me on i would love to talk about badlands rumble So we we got to I got to mark you down for Beowulf well, and Trigun Badlands Rumble. I yes, remember there that. you go. <laughs> <laughs> and if you come across anything animated kaiju, I guess you got to have me back on. You know? I guess. <laughs> or, or animated Henshin heroes. So you got to have me on for that too. Surprisingly, that does not come up as often as you think it would. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> I think at it'd least be all it, over at the least anime, in movie but... form. There's there's television shows, yeah. but. Oh, yeah, I, I could think of a couple of those, but anyway. Mm-hmm. So, Jacob, what do we have in the news? Oh, my gosh, the news. The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. I think you deal and going into the news. Uh, apparently, we're getting a new movie, animated movie, from the acclaimed, our war-winning uh, writer Kate uh, Mc McCullough's. I'm probably misbutchering it. Um, uh, the magical elephant is getting uh, coming to Netflix ne- uh, next month, um, and it's coming through of all animation places animal logic i don't know what this place is called but synopsis a young well, animal logic does a lot of did like uh the lego movie the oh, animation studio behind really that. i didn't realize that yeah okay mm-hmm. used to be owned by warner brothers i don't think they are anymore ah okay all right so synopsis of the film uh when young peter sets out to find his sister his optimistic spirit guides him through an unexpected encounter did you say optimist optimistic oh okay <laughs> It's like, is this a Transformers movie now? (laughs) Yes, the elephant transforms into a car. (laughs) I think that actually. So it's a Beast Wars movie. Yes. 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 The actual Beast Wars movie. And I bet it'll be better than the Michael Bay one. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 
I'm just saying that the Michael Bay films are a thing. They're just not my thing. Okay. <laughs> They're not what I want. Bumblebee <laughs> right. was good. Just because it was hearing. just because it was better doesn't mean it's what I want. <laughs> then what do you want? I want the old show back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cheap CGI and all. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Transformers the the Transformers the movie. Good movie. Yes, fun good. to watch that in theaters four years ago. Yes, oh, amazing. Go what? Go listen to our review on that, and, and probably another upcoming one. <laughs> probably. I'll, I'll, I'll come on for that one too. <laughs> okay, that, that 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 checks. That's kaiju. That is kaiju. <laughs> Unicron is a kaiju robot. That counts. <laughs> yes. I am Unicron. <laughs> I am voiced by Orson Welles, <laughs> and I am facing off against Leonard Nimoy. Yes. <laughs> and one right. of the kids from the Breakfast Club. <laughs> Ooh, all right, going and, back. And Monty Python. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> yes. Dare to be stupid. <laughs> that Fun fact, Redgar no was actually context. voiced by Weird oh, Al in one uh, Transformers cartoon. I'm just, anyway. Yeah. Uh, going back into the synopsis. <laughs> uh, the magical elephant is coming, and it's yes. not Dumbo. Yes, it's kind of a Dumbo <laughs> movie. <laughs> And it's just like seemingly impossible tasks to give hope to an entire town on his way. So going into the second bit of news, uh, uh, DreamWorks Animation's long-awaited return to the Shrek universe begins with a new adventure when Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, arrives on, on digital on February 21st, followed by a 4K UHD Blu-ray and DVD release on February 29th through Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. And I've heard it's actually good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. And we're going to be, it's a long way off from us because we've got what? Several. Four Shrek, four Shrek movies plus the first Puss in Boots movie. Yes. <laughs> My God. It's not as bad as all the Minions movies, but still. Uh, well, you, you got to get through Shrek 3, which Shrek 3 is terrible. <laughs> I'm not doubting you here. I've heard that one's bad. Yeah, the fourth one's a re- redemption arc, redemption to that one, but you still got that snath of the third one. Either or. Uh, so did anybody watch the Super Bowl? I didn't get a chance I to. I didn't watch the... You didn't find a place to no, watch it? No, I didn't. I, you I was, didn't I was even so turn it on at home? Huh? You didn't even turn it on at home? No. I thought you would have looked that up to see how to do it, because somebody had it like for free, you could watch it. Huh. I don't remember who it was, but... Yeah. I just realized that my, me raising my hand only makes sense for the live stream version of this. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch the Super Bowl, but I know of a commercial that was on it that you're probably yes. about to talk about. So a new a new commercial or new preview. It's a really commercial. It's more like an advertisement for a, like the Super Mario Brothers plumbing. <laughs> right. Not, not the movie. Not the movie. Not the movie. <laughs> Their plumbing service. Plumbing service. <laughs> which is absolutely hysterical. And it was done in the style of the Super Mario Brothers. Yes, it was. Yes. Well, and the funny thing is, is that song is fr- is the theme song to the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yes. <laughs> and there's a good chance that the actress playing the customer in that was the original voice for Princess Toadstool. We don't know this for certain, but she sounds a lot like her. 
And that voice actress still acts. I had to look it up. Uh, how does so she not look like? Well, wait. It's been a while since I saw the commercial. But I'm like, does she look like your grandma? I can't remember if she looked like your grandma or not. No. No, she doesn't look like your grandmother. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So that that was that was that was a thing. That was a very funny commercial. If you had if you had not seen it. Go to YouTube, look it up, and then go to the website because it's brilliant there too. I didn't. I did not check out the website. <laughs> they have like testimonials. Really, <laughs> one is from one is from their mom, which is a five star review. <laughs> the other is from Foreman Spike, who claims that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh I'm, my gosh, I'm gonna read this verbatim. Hang on, S M B. It's already still in my history. That was a website they gave in the commercials real? It's yes, a viral it's real, apparently. <laughs> yes. The testimonial from Spike is Cool. That's the character's... That's the, the, the name here. There's no loyalty with Mario and Luigi. The subpar Mario Brothers used to work for me until they decided to break off and start their own business. Business is spelled B-U-S-S-I-N-E-S. They'll no at no apostrophe uh, learn their lesson someday. One star. <laughs> Bro, user Bro's mom says the Meyer brothers are the best in the business. They're they're polite, professional, adorable, and treated me like family. Five stars. Wonk, wonk, wonk. <laughs> Brooklyn couple two stars gives them says a uh, SMBP left my house an absolute mess. I would have given them only one star, but my sweet angel of a dog absolutely loved them. He just wouldn't leave them alone. <laughs> Yes, it's a real website. Oh my gosh. What They're hiring. They're hiring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Nathan. They, no, Jimmy, you're still contractually obligated to keep working with me. They do need a marketing manager. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm still bound by contract on the island. Darn. All right, so moving on. All right, so a movie that everybody apparently just loved is coming to Blu-ray, DVD, and digital now. Okay, what's and that? This movie was Walt Disney. Walt Disney Animated Studio latest animated feature, Strange World. Oh, the one nobody likes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still haven't watched this thing. Uh, that's the funniest thing I've heard all day. <laughs> I, I, I liked what one review for that movie said. Well. It's because of this movie, I can definitely say Lightyear wasn't the worst movie to come out this year. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. And just a reminder, Strange World, its world gross was $73.6 million. Goodness. And was released on like Disney Plus in two budget. weeks. <laughs> yes. We haven't seen a, mo a movie move that fast from theaters to... Uh, to, to streaming since the pandemic yes <laughs> oh my gosh that was something but uh yeah apparently it's coming to 4k blu-ray deep uh, dvd uh audiences can enjoy the epic from home but never <laughs> forcing yeah. audio, audio listeners delete. should note that he used quotation marks yeah. around the word enjoy enjoy as my friend luke jack review it at some point I, so yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> As my friend Luke Giaconetti would month. say on his show, the you know the the Earth Destruction Directive, air quotes up to the mic. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm half uh, saying suggesting we put that in bad movie month. 
Uh, yeah, bad, movie month, bad. Uh, bad movie month. Bad movie month. Part two. Electric Boogaloo. We are having. <laughs> we are doing another one, which yep. means I got to find this the the, uh, the other animated Titanic movie. The Legend Goes Nowhere. It's that's not the name of it. That is not the name of it. This is the animated one where uh, oh, the gosh. Titanic was not what why, it was while it was sunk by an iceberg. It was because gangster sharks pushed it, the boat into it. <laughs> I'm so glad I was not drinking water that moment. <laughs> I need to find you. I need to find oh you gosh. some bad movies to cover. <laughs> oh, don't! I, I've got oh some. Oh my gosh! We've already done food fight and and and, and others. It's like anyway. I, I I I've got some ideas. Oh my gosh! Anyway, okay. Okay. you need to find a bad anime. To talk oh, I'm about. sure that exists. Oh, there are probably <laughs> a ton of them. <laughs> it, it, well, you got to find one that's actually bad, ridiculously, because bad because it's dull is not entertaining. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Yeah, so. Drew says as Nathan starts to Google. <laughs> oh my gosh! Find something. I'll look at a trailer, and if it looks absolutely stupid, <laughs> okay, it. yeah, it's we'll technically it. not animated. We drag you but into it. it. Okay, it's technically not animated, but it's based on an animated property. Oh, but no. Dragon Ball Evolution? <laughs> Nine! Uh, Dragon Ball Evolution is what I would like to be on on the bottom shelf. <laughs> so that I can stick that in the dumpster fire. <laughs> Uh, okay, oh I'm looking gosh. at the I'm looking at a list of like the ten worst anime movies, and most of them I've never heard of. That's usually the other issue with anime. There, this this is why most of my choices last time came from Nostalgia Critic, <laughs> which I've got. That is Christmas not selections. anime, sir. That is from South Korea. What? Oh, something you're looking at? <laughs> Black Star and Golden Bat. That is not anime. It is from South Korea. Well, Golden Bat is japanese yeah anyway, and in it this it, uh, although okay i guess if you want to try that uh, i don't know if you can get it on dvd but yeah black star golden bat it uh, they turned golden bat into the ugliest batman you've ever seen and it was made in south yeah. korea he's batman anyway. but yellow okay all right so go well, yeah that's what golden bat is is a yellow skeleton yeah but in this he's batman he's that's literally stupid. batman Anyway, anyways, going back into the news. All right, so this looks there's an like animated movie. version of Night of the Living Dead. Do I need to mute Nathan? <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Give me a second. Mm. All right, going back to the news, or or in this case, back to action. <laughs> All right. I had to do it. You're you're welcome, Nate. All right, animation wise, this bit of anim this bit of animation news was brought to you by Drew because he brought it to my attention. He's like, "Oh, this is gonna be part of the news, right?" And it's like, "What in the?" So it's what? Drew's yeah. news. No, no, I happened to see an article on AnimeNewsNetwork.com. Mm -hmm. He sent it his way because. A, net, a cartoon network is going to be showing a mm -hmm. special of Avengers level crossover. Yes. All right. So speaking of, uh, uh, animation uh, on Friday. Uh, 
did I actually just screw this? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, no, I'll I just... No, 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 I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. All right, so announced uh, on Friday that uh, Adult Swim's Tsunami uh, promoting block will air the 590th... It's like, geez, that's a lot of anime. Yeah. Uh, anime's, uh episode of One Piece, which is a crossover between One Piece, Dragon Ball Z, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this word. Torico, thank you. <laughs> Torico on May fourth. <laughs> this happened. Yes, yes. <laughs> and a, and this was the episode that was a rights nightmare because they're in like episode one thousand of One Piece right now. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And th- this was before Dragon Ball Super was when this episode really? was written. <laughs> Really? Because it was written when Toriko was a thing. Okay. And no one knows what Toriko is. I never heard of Toriko. <laughs> uh, well, I'll put this way. He was a chef trying to find the best food in the world. So, of course, Luffy and, and Goku are the perfect people to meet uh, up with him. Of course. Because <laughs> they eat like everything. <laughs> All right. So. Is this uh, canon? No. Probably not. <laughs> it's not canon. It can't be canon. I wish I had a canon sound effect for that, but anyway. What oh. in the world does that sound? Uh, worry about it later. Yeah. I've got to change the battery. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So on March 4th at 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, basically the 5th of March, uh, Tsunami uh, like skipped is like skipping episodes and apparently Crunchyroll or... Funimation has never streamed this episode because it was a rights nightmare. Apparently. <laughs> so apparently this will be because you a had to thing. get you had to get one piece's manga author. Uh, Dragon Akira Toriyama for Dragon Ball, whoever mm. does it for Toriko. And I think there's actually a fourth one involved in here, but I didn't recognize yeah. the name. We're so we, we got lucky that they made it in the first place. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> All right, Much so, less that it got brought over here, and which means Funimation, who technically is probably did uh, did the dub for all that, is going to dub this thing. I think that's uh, the company has not come confirmed whether the version airing on Toonami will be the Japanese with English subtitles or du- or dubbed in English. Yeah, they've got all the people. Sean Schemmel still works for them. True. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, apparently the. Be like he he sent me that link and I was just like what in the world? It's like I I understood One Piece was you know there's a lot of episodes in One Piece I get that but you're doing a crossover with Dragon Ball Z of all places. <laughs> it's like okay cool I probably won't I probably watch it whenever but cool. So yeah that's all I have for in the news. So it's uh, Jump Force the series. Like, well it's one episode. Jump so Force the, the episode. episode. It's probably better but than bef- Jump Force. But before Jump Force. Mm-hmm. And it's probably better than Jump Force. It's very, <laughs> very likely. So uh, we do have one more segment. Yes, we since do. Since we have a guest on yes. here. Interrogation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> 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 all right so fun fact under our jimmy's having flashbacks <laughs> fun fact under our current recording setup jacob didn't hear that very well and he doesn't know what actually played because it's the first time we've had it 
All right, so as our as our, our, our it was uh, a our, prison door closing. <laughs> That's what I thought I heard. <laughs> but either or, our 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 lovely listeners know who. Whenever we get a guest on our show, we get to lovingly interrogate them about animation. So, Nate, <laughs> I remember this happening the last time I was on. Actually, yes, yes, <laughs> it's coming we, back we, to me. We... <laughs> All right, so Nate, this is our standard operating procedure. Yes, it is. So, what is your favorite animated series that is not anime? So cartoon. Did, cartoon. Didn't you ask me this already? <laughs> Probably. Could be. Probably. You never know. <laughs> and that's not anime. Not yes. anime. That is not anime. Yes. Uh, uh, Thundercats. Thundercats. The awesome. original. Yes. Although I do Thunder. love the 2011 series too. Yes. yes. So what? I just what, wish it was finished. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> so what is your thoughts on Thundercats Roar? Let's not. I refuse to watch it. Okay, fine. That works. <laughs> you fit in with this group. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and it died. Thank God. Well, it so, had like uh, 24 episodes. It died, though. Yeah, it died. Thank thank the Lord. <laughs> All right, so kind of going into like your realm of like Henshin Man, Kamen Rider, Godzilla, Power Rangers. Oh, snap. So, so hypothetically say if you got trapped into the world of i don't know power rangers in space for example <laughs> and you it'd be like you, you became a ranger you became a ranger what color ranger would you be <laughs> so do I want to be? Do I want to be my Power Ranger crush's brother or pseudo boyfriend? <laughs> I mean, I've met her. I've worked with her, and as Chris Cook, he won't let me live down how I stared when we killed not Goldar together. So, <laughs> I, yeah, it's gonna be red or silver spandex. <laughs> yes, Jimmy, I know it's not spandex. Shut up. <laughs> All right. So you're 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 like you're a power ranger, the red ranger. You don't have to be the, the main villain, sister, brother, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the question would be is that uh astronomer comes up and be like <laughs> let me finish, let me finish. <laughs> I've told you this before. Oh, I know. Continue. So you like astronomer tells I, you. I'm like, turning. I'm probably turning red enough for the spandex you are, at this point. You are red. <laughs> but uh, so you're going up against Diva Diva Tox. Let's hope Diva Tox isn't involved. <laughs> <laughs> she was actually she was in a handful of episodes of in space and she was better in in space because <laughs> in space made everything better uh, <laughs> all right so either a do you do you fight her or do you kneel before your new empress <laughs> probably depends on my mood at the moment <laughs> 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 it's 
<laughs> the question becomes, am I going to be like, you're evil. I don't like this. I don't care if you're pretty. Or am I going to be like, you know what? I'll simp for you. I don't care. <laughs> I'm leaning toward, I don't care if you're hot, you're evil. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, curious man. minds were <laughs> like, had to know. <laughs> but either or did Michael tell you to ask these questions? No. No. <laughs> no, he asked me. We were talking about it last Sunday about what we would do for the interrogation. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You got a good laugh out of Jimmy. <laughs> oh my gosh, but okay. I don't you dare use this as blackmail material with jessica mm. oh jessica doesn't listen to the show as far as i know unless you talk about anime then she'd probably listen we oh. talk about animation time to time mm -hmm. yeah then she probably we have listens. a whole miyazaki month yeah she was very happy when that was going on <laughs> anyway anyways i did think of uh asking jimmy a question but the only thing I have, I don't think he'll answer. Oh, what's that? How did you survive the war? How did you survive uh, the war in space? <laughs> <laughs> did you not watch the anniversary stream? We got a lot of that, theories. That was not a straight answer, my friend. <laughs> uh, he's not talking. I didn't think here he was. Okay. Gotta wait for those memoirs, right? You gotta wait for the memoirs, yeah. Oh God. Although we did get some some great theories when we did the anniversary stream, the, my personal favorites being it was the aliens from Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, the and the and the other one being what was Wait, it? The a wizard did it. Wizard that was the entire. Probably is it? That was the entire theory. A wizard did it. He was involved. Gotcha. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, unless you can think of others, I have nothing left. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and jump into our review of the X Men animated series. Snick, snicked.
All right. Days of Future Past, part one and two. We're actually nearing the end of season one, by the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's only one more episode after this. Right, which will be the only one we review next week. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. So uh, this episode, like all the episodes, are technically directed by Larry Houston. I say technically because they never actually list a director. This is just the closest anything any resource claims, which was Wikipedia. Because mm. hmm. technically he was a line producer, which I think is the closest you can get to director right now. I don't know. They don't release the director, so I just that's my choice there. Anyway, it was written. Uh, the episodes were written by the first one was Julia Jane Lewald, and part two was written by Robert M. Skier and Marty Eisenberg. Uh, in these two episodes, the mutant bishop travels back in time to avert a future catastrophe. Guest cast for this one: we've got Philip Aiken as Bishop, Mark Strange as Forge, Randall Carpenter as Mystique, Robert Colt as the Blob. Graham Haley as Pyro, Rod Coney Bear as Avalanche, and Lynn Carlson as Senator Robert Kelly. The first episode originally aired March 13th, 1993, and the second one aired March 20th, 1993. Uh, during this ep- getting into the trivia for this, uh, during this episode the X uh, of the of X-Men, one of the gravestones that Wolverine sees is marked for Jubilee on uh, 2010. That's a fascinating coincidence, considering the Jubilee of the comics actually did die in twenty in a twenty ten comic story. She that's when she was turned into a vampire during that year's Curse of the Mutants crossover. Ah. <laughs> uh, Bishop and Forge weren't in the original comic story of Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. The time traveler in that was Kitty Pride, mm-hmm. who does not appear at all in this series. Uh, she is replaced by Bishop, who does not appear at all in the original story. Except Kitty Pride was in that that pilot episode that they did. Except that was made like five or ten years prior, so it's nah, not really connected at oh, all. Yeah. Prior, huh? Uh, that yeah, that prior. was unintentional. Yeah, wow, no, wow. that that was the late eighties, if I remember right. Yeah, it was like e- either way, it's technically separate productions. Yeah, because it's not even like the same voice cast. No, I mean, it's the. Sunbow, I think it was made by the same studio that did Chi Joe and Transformers. So yeah, yeah if Sunbow. you watch those shows, you'll recognize the voice actors. Oh yeah. Uh, this episode is based on the Uncanny X Men Volume One, Number One Forty One. Is the first ever adaptation of the Days of Future Past comic storyline by Chris Claremont and John Byrne. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second episode was all. It was based on uh, Uncanny X Men Number One Forty Two. The cover for the Assassin video game for features the Marvel <laughs> Comics Vigilante Punisher on the cover. It's the Punisher. Yeah. Which, Something I should mention about the adaptation. Which, about admittedly, when adaptation. I looked at that, I thought, oh, Assassin's Creed even existed then. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but the the th- the other interesting thing about the this being an adaptation of those comics and the inclusion of Forge and Bishop, I don't mm-hmm. know when Forge first showed up, but Bishop was incredibly new at this right. time. Mm-hmm. It only appeared two years before in the comics. And what they did is they took the, because I've read Days of Future Past. They took the Days of Future Past story and then combined it a bit with a Bishop story where he traveled back in time looking for a traitor in the X-Men. Hmm. This seems to be the normal way that uh, the show adapts these comic storylines. Yes. <laughs> right. Now, it's same thing with like the first x-men story like back during intermagneto mm-hmm. right I, now I it's said, still... i've said the magic word hang on yeah 
Magneto, master of magnet. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even the best line from that game. No, but it's the fun one that makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> the best line from that game is <laughs> X-Men, welcome to die. <laughs> Right, but this was the first one that came to my mind. Yeah, I know. But, anyway, but anyway, yeah. So, so yeah, like I said, they kind of combined them a little. Uh, combined. Well, it's still more Days of Future Past than the other story. Mm-hmm. So you can actually call this an adaptation. Right. Uh, the method of time travel used in the storyline from the comic book didn't have a, phys- a person physically go back to the past. No. Instead, it had a telepath cause, causing the mind of Kitty Pride, her future self, to switch with the mind, or Kate Pride, sorry, her future self, to switch with the mind of Kitty Pride in the present at the time of the assassination. Which is actually something the movie yeah. adapted better Wolverine. or adapted closer. Right. Yeah. Go figure. But, but it had another burly man yeah. get go to the past. <laughs> Instead of Metal Claws, is more like. Bone claws. Except the bone claws was before started before that, which the less said about bone claws, the better. Uh, <laughs> Bishop's mutant file is zero five one zero six three dash two four one. It is three digits off from Jubilee's file number in Night of the Sentinels Part One, which was zero five one zero six three dash two four four. And this is relevant. Why? I just find it interesting. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> that her number is technically higher than Bishop's, despite there's what, 40 years difference? 30, 40 years difference? Anyway. Yeah. Storm comments that she knows Gambit better than anyone. In the comics, it's actually Storm who brought Gambit onto the team. Mm. Hmm. Wolverine's skeleton can be seen floating in a tube when Bishop returns to the future, indicating that he died in the last episode. Which, minus it looks yep. more like a Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sitting there going, so is it just the animanium part of the skeleton? Because technically, shouldn't he still be able to regenerate from that? Yeah. He's done it before in the comics. (laughs) That's because they've made him ridiculous. The only person who should be able to do that are characters like Lobo and Deadpool who are powered by parody. I'm just saying. Anyway. I, I have heard that he's been decapitated and still survived mm-hmm. because if you can get the head back to the body in time, it will reattach itself. I mean, according to one com- comic storyline, he was the very first human period and is still alive somehow. But the less said about that comic, the better. Uh, <sighs> Modern comics are stupid. <laughs> yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rogue recognized a familial tie with Mystique before it was revealed she was oh she was God. her mother. In the comics, Mystique was also Rogue's adopted foster mother under the guise of Mallory Brickman. The comic mm-hmm. version Rogue was recruited into Mystique's Brotherhood of Evil Mutants without knowing that Mystique was also her mother in the comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Mystique attempts to assassinate Senator Kelly on the orders of serving Apocalypse. In the comic, Mystique was her own woman and decided to assassinate Kelly on her own. Yeah, she was the leader of the Brotherhood at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, because Magneto was off having fun elsewhere. But anyway, fun fact, Nathan, I know you hadn't listened to these the past episodes, but do you realize that after uh, was episode four, Magneto's no longer the, the villainous character. He never no, does anything he's not. evil ever I, in this show. Th- I, I do vaguely remember that. I've seen the whole show before. It's just been a while. <laughs> yeah. 
it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I did not realize that. So when I got to that piece of trivia, I was like, really? That just shows how the presence of that character, considering I thought he was the villain all these years. No, they had other villains so turned that good later on throughout but, the show. But. Yeah, right. But anyway, Nathan, since you're our guest, what are your thoughts on these two episodes? Well, it's actually a surprisingly good adaptation of the comics. I'm also really surprised that this is one i feel like this is one of the few 90s era animated series that unabashedly talked about death because i mean like the whole the whole plot of this episode hinges mm-hmm. on an assassination yeah and sure. they don't hide that this <laughs> is the same company that caused the power rangers just to destroy monsters not to kill them mm-hmm. right right it's just it I forgot how remarkably mature this show was. It, it's mm-hmm. almost like it had, I mean, other than the fact that they can't get really intense with the violence, you you could have made this for adults. I mean, it, I, yeah. could, well, I would have believed this was meant for adults or at least teenagers because it just, it doesn't feel like a kid show necessarily with you know, because of just you know the attitude that it has and the fact, like I said, that it just unabashedly talks about death. So, like I said, I was watching these again. I was, I was re- impressed. This is the first time I've watched the animated series in a really long time, and mm-hmm. I, like I said, I forgot how good it was. So those are my opening thoughts on the matter right now. Okay, Jacob. I thoroughly be like I enjoyed it. There again, I have not watched. I've I've watched. I have not uh, read the comics, and having no be like Kitty Pride gets no love anywhere except in the comics. <laughs> well, I mean, she she was a pretty major character in X Men Evolution. That is right. true, but like we're talking more. Uh, yeah, agreed there. Agreed there. But like any other, just like Kitty's just not in it. Kitty's a pretty cool character, what I remember. Right. But, um, I prefer Shadowcat to Pixie, but moving on. <laughs> oh, Sprite. That's what she was, not Pixie. The Sprite. Sprite yeah. Sprite. Yeah, that was okay. the name she went by for a while. By the way, yeah, fun fact the uh, the original comic book storyline took place in the future portion, took place in 2013. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And they jumped ahead. So they jumped ahead to 2055 in this. Oh my god! I I did. I will say I did like the joke when Bishop first shows up in 1993. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. changed. The time travel didn't work. (laughs) Yeah, you just really—that's a big dig at New York City, right there. (laughs) Yep. I also love the fact that they still try to. I also love the fact that they try to be non-specific and specific all at the same time. Yeah. They just say, yeah. oh, we're going back to the 1990s. Bishop sees a newspaper and it's like, it's the year 19. Wow, it worked. <laughs> it's like, and, and what's crazy is he says March 15th, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the day the episode aired. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so the, so you're, it's the it's like with Henshin then. You, you, yes. you found out. It just happens again. <laughs> I didn't have to. Di- I didn't have to dig through the Japanese imperial calendar to figure this out. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Good episode. I really enjoy it because they're getting it's revolving around the mystery. Like, who's the assassin? And be like, everyone thinks it's Gambit. And, you know, Paul Gambit gets no love. Uh, but 
obviously it was Mystique who's doing the entire time. And it's a good episode. You'll be like, it starts, it arcs back to other events that happen in the story. What's going on in the, the X-Men animated, X-Men animated series going on at, at the current time. But it's like, it's a good episode. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, and th- it does actually a good job of mixing in the actual story. Yeah, the, it does. Because in one way, this is an event comic that kind of interrupts what's going on. Yes, it does. Except it was only two issues. That's the nutty thing. It was yeah. just this two-part story that's just yeah. there right. as part of a. It's just a part of a normal monthly but, run of these comics. If this was made now, it'd be yeah, like a twelve-issue event right. comic. Right. It'd, it'd, it'd take a whole year for them to finally finish it. Mm-hmm. Or if this was the nineties, twelve years. Uh, <laughs> um, that may be a dig at a certain clone saga oh uh, gosh <laughs> not x-men related but either way um <laughs> that'll come up later <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> no uh well so, meaning is like this despite the fact that this story kind of interrupts what this first the story the storyline that the first season is kind of doing mm-hmm. it's actually still works with it because you still get all the stuff laid with the sentinels we get to see uh master mold again even though right. we don't get his best line oh gosh i'm still <laughs> plugged, plugged in, in. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the next episode after this one is just like right <laughs> it fits it's, it's like we get this nice continuation of the story even though we're coming at it from a different angle yes so uh, I, I really like that they that it's because in my mind I saw oh we're doing Days of Future Past that'll interrupt everything <laughs> and it really doesn't it does yeah. and it doesn't because for the most part we're following Bishop through the whole story true but at the same time we're still following the story the main characters are going through so it, it works yeah right well what I find really interesting looking at this now and knowing that this was about a little over a decade from the the original comic book story because the original mm-hmm. comic book story i think was 1981 i want to say and this was 93 and as the as this adaptation went on and i started to realize oh some very important franchise that started after this comic book was published is clearly influencing this adaptation and they even call it out at least twice i think in the episode verbally and that is terminator yeah because this really does feel like that comic book story filtered through terminator because yeah there's a greater emphasis put on the sentinels in this compared to the original comic for what i remember yes 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 i I would i would say this the animation definitely for the 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 future part yeah, like the the detail. There's e- I just so remember well. there's even a music cue that sounds eerily like the Terminator theme. In this. It does. That's yeah. right. There is. <laughs> the animation mm-hmm. in that that first section is gold. Be like animation in the entire first these two episodes are done extremely yeah. well, and the de- the the amount of detail they put into like when you get a close up of like old like old man Wolverine Logan's face. Oh yeah, it's old like, man Logan. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we are a far cry away from three or four episodes ago when they couldn't even get the colors right on the X Mansion. <laughs> True, because the color the 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 layers were mislayered. <laughs> we're a far cry from that. Right with this episode because this yes. one is even the future stuff where it's supposed to be post-apocalyptic and ugly and 
you know horrible looking it's like this is still pretty in a way right <laughs> right 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 this is still right I, and still even well those yeah. and even those bit characters at the beginning get some good lines i even wrote yeah. one down i was like what a shame now we can't surrender <laughs> <laughs> so good yeah such this good is, episodes this is one of the better episodes i think we've reviewed so far i agree so, completely yeah. agree right right yeah there's just there's a lot going for it and you know introducing bishop adapting at even at that point you know th that was considered a classic x-men story mm -hmm. and so I, mean, I forgot just how good this era of marvel animation was mm -hmm. it, i mean it was firing on on all cylinders and just being this was such a bold show you know, there's some later episodes that when I look back on it now, I'm like, I'm amazed they let them do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know, we're talking about these episodes specifically. Right. These two yeah, episodes right specifically. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I, I, I almost forgot this because I, I didn't want to bring this up. We do have another Terminator reference with uh, another metallic character from the future Nimrod. Nimrod, <laughs> which. Okay, look, I know why they use the name Nimrod. I'm aware of the biblical reference of the Great Hunter. That's what he's supposed to be, a great yes. hunter. But let's face it, because of Bugs Bunny, <laughs> I always look at Nimrod as being an idiot. Yes, <laughs> right. So I'm still looking at this going, you're saying this wrong? Are you call is this, is this Nimrod his actual designation from Master Mold? Or is this your nickname for him? <laughs> is, is this is this like how I always I always featured Dr. Robotnik in Sonic? Dr. Oh Robotnik gosh. was his real name and Eggman was just what they called him to make fun of him. <laughs> until they until he fully embraced Eggman later, and we won't get into that. <laughs> well, the other thing is I I forgot how this was one of those few shows where they would actually shoot people, but yeah, then the yes. hilarious, it's but they conveniently guns, all the weapons still. are on stun. <laughs> and it's always laser guns because you can't fire real bullets. Yeah, you can't fire real bullets, but it, it made sense here. It's just, it just cracked up. Everything's always on stun. I love how the cliffhanger is Bishop sees Gambit walk in and then because Bishop has memory issues because yeah. of the time travel because the time travel gets interrupted by sentinels and he's like you're the the assassin and then he just gets his gun out and shoots him and then you're like oh no how's gambit not gonna get shot well he's not gonna get shot because rogue would jump in the way but he'll still get shot after that right but nobody and, dies magically and then you start the next episode and they jump back a couple minutes so you can see rogue that and, threw me and, off and gambit driving up to the x-mansion and i kind of knew something was going on because of how the last time on x-men part ended because it didn't show that part yeah so i was like wait a minute that's an important thing if you're going to jump right into the next uh, moments i was like oh it's because we're going to see that from a different angle <laughs> right right i just it just cracked me up that you know we're, we're we'll actually shoot people but we also kind of undermine the fact that we're going to have people get shot because they get shot and they don't die yeah it's kind of weird. Speaking of weird. Because network sensors. Yes. Right. But speaking of weird, I don't know if you guys knew this or not. And maybe I'm just misremembering how things used to be. But I've been watching a lot of these 90s era Marvel shows on Disney+. And have you noticed that when you get to pieces of animation that are particularly flashy, it gets dimmed? That's a Disney Plus thing. That's what I figured it was. I'm like, they're probably yeah, this, dimming it because they're 
they want to make sure nobody well, has an I, epileptic I, I, I claim it's a Disney Plus thing. This is a modern standards and practices thing with the flashing lights because they don't want to trigger epilepsy, which I get. Yeah. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Right. Yeah. But... You can thank Pokemon for that. Yes. Actually, there's some more. They, You can blame some other things, but that we won't get into that. But mm. there's, there's some... N- newer stuff that they've done some atrocious stuff with trying to stop the epilepsy but mm. it is what it is right it was just a thing I that i noticed if he doesn't get get a seizure where well, i'm safe yeah exactly because he's a lot more uh susceptible to, to it than yes. i am which be interesting when we start when we go to watch spider-man in uh, across the spider-verse if they do the same intro which nearly gave you a seizure oh <laughs> my gosh yes <laughs> which i didn't think about at the time it happens it happens <laughs> jacob whatever you do don't watch the speed racer movie oh gosh <laughs> I, i've seen clips of that and it's like whoa okay that's intense <laughs> the first uh, with the first uh, yeah. when i actually watched it i'm like this might be the first movie that could technically be a murder weapon because if your enemy has epilepsy oh my gosh <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which that's not as bad as Incredibles two. Incredibles two wasn't terrible, but it still was like mm-hmm. it would. Yeah, yeah, I could see. I can much more see how that would cause problems than yeah. than right. the opening logos to Spider Man across this into the Spider Verse dead for you. Yeah, no, but, but anyway, like, getting back to the getting yeah. back to these episodes, yeah. I have to. You know, you guys joked about you know not paying attention to details. One interesting detail that I appreciated in this is Bishop does steal a you know he hijacks i should say a bus first off i'm like is he really just gonna walk on this bus carrying a gun and no one's gonna care nope everyone runs out of the bus and then but then even when he takes over the bus he doesn't quite drive it correctly i'm like thank you for paying attention to the fact that he probably doesn't know how to drive an you know a a sick for him a 60 plus year old vehicle properly Mm -hmm. You know, it'll be nice like any one yeah, of us trying is, yeah, to drive yeah. an old car. We might be able to do it, but it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> yeah. Well, admittedly, you put me in a car with a stick shift on. Uh, I'm not going to do too well because I'm used to automatic. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we got anything else before we end the episode? No, this was really good. Two episodes and can't wait for the end of this season. And yeah, on into season two. All right. Well, I I did have a few other notes here that I thought were interesting. Go right ahead. Not... I I forgot to look something up earlier. <laughs> okay. Well, like the the not Days of Future Past portion of this with Beast in prison, I actually thought was really interesting mm-hmm. because yeah, he's in prison. He's like, yeah, I could escape whenever I want, but I'm not going to because of the cause. Which right. I thought it's such a Beast thing to do. Beast is such a wonderful character. I agree. <laughs> I agree. There was also one point I did notice be like in the first time in this series, the X-Men actually helped humans for a change. <laughs> actually saved humans for yeah. the first time in the season. Yeah. It's and like I I would also like to I would also like to say that I have been to where the climactic fight of part 2 takes place with the Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, over huh. by the over by the Washington Monument. It's like, "Oh yeah, I know that location. They actually got it down pretty well huh. <laughs> interesting so, yeah so i've actually been there so you know kudos there 
And I, I also actually have a little bit of nostalgia for that fight because I remember channel surfing one Saturday morning and coming across it. And I remember, I specifically remember the part where Blob got blasted in the gut and he belched. I don't know why. I just remember that part. And I remember the ending with the magnet. I didn't get it at the time, though, because I didn't know who Magneto was. This show was right. my introduction to X-Men, as I'm sure it was for a lot of people. Yes, and it was mine. So. <laughs> right. And I also just wrote down just a few funny lines, that, you know, particularly in part two, that I'm like, somebody in this writer's room is just having too much fun because this is when gambit is going is going after mystique disguised as him and you have uh, you have lines like surprised to see me i know i am mm -hmm. this will anger jimmy but the first thing that comes across my mind is this is getting out of hand now there are two of them <laughs> <laughs> oh calm down anyway and, and then I, I forgot how good Rogue was in this show. Mm. She is so good. So I remember her good. being a one of my favorite characters from this back in the day and being disappointed when the first live action X-Men movie came right? out. Like, right? Yes. You are not Rogue. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> you are not Southern enough. I mean, because I forget what that actress's name was, but you know, I wish they could have given her lines like this. I could spit on him if I wasn't a lady. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then the the funny thing was, this is labeled a two-parter, but it still kind of ends on a cliffhanger. It does. Well, that's because all when I episodes... got to the end, it was like, wait, I thought I'm only covering these two episodes because I thought it was a, a two-parter. But all there's still the, there's all still of these a cliffhanger episodes, here. All of these episodes that have finished on a cliffhanger. There's been very few that actually finished up. It's like the end of the story so. i yeah which was i remember try, when i was trying to watch the show it drove me a little bit crazy because i'm like there's nothing there's not you know any real resolution it was very very serialized and what was which bad was, when they when disney plus first launched these episodes were out of order yeah that's right they the, were they were in broadcast yeah, yeah. Order. day one disney plus was a mess yeah because mm -hmm. i remember i watched uh, in uh, enter the juggernaut, and the episode that came before it was not the one where the X Mansion got destroyed. Oh <laughs> yes, that's right. That's oh. right. I was like, how did it? How? When y'all just rebuilt that? How did it get knocked down again? Oh, uh, the enter the juggernaut, which became that's the one that has father, my favorite later. which is Colossus. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but it, and then it became meme fodder later in the year. You know, at the point in the internet where memes were a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, there was another one, the Enter the Morlocks. The Morlock episode actually has a lot more memes from it, but because that's the one where with Wolverine caressing the picture. Oh and, gosh! And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, he cuts it in half. Cy Cyclops and Jean Grey kissing, and Wolverine just standing there like a third wheel, <laughs> like the third wheel he is in that relationship. <laughs> anyway oh my right. gosh i or, forgot or, uh, to mention when we finished the movie what our next movie that we're reviewing is <laughs> yes our next one is our first rewind episode ah where by popular by popular vote our next our first movie on the rewind is spider-man enter the spider-verse <laughs> which i didn't no, realize when i was making those references earlier <laughs> <laughs> go figure 
And then uh, the X-Men episode we're reviewing next week is just one. It's episode 13 of season one, and mm-hmm. it is the final decision. So join oh, us for that. that that's a, oh, that's a title with weight. Good oh, lord. Yeah. Uh-huh. <sighs> if you yeah, know your the... history, oh my. So that's the thing about this. Well, show. okay, they tweaked. They tweaked it. it yeah. In history, it was the final solution. Oh yeah. So now I get your reference. Got it. This is the thing about this show versus all the other TAS stuff. Is I had to because a seasons are odd numbered. Yeah. And b some of these sagas, I'm specifically saying saga for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are odd numbered i had to rearrange stuff not it's never out of order but there's a lot of episodes where there's a couple episodes where we're only reviewing one episode and this next one happens to be the first one oh so yeah join us for that anything else before we get out of here guys no i think i've covered basically everything i wanted to say about it just like i said pair of great episodes if you've never seen x-men the animated series what you poor deprived child. Yes. <laughs> Go watch this show. Watch it for nothing else but the Ron Wasserman soundtrack. Oh, yes. that theme song is that theme yes, song is, it is a classic and it needs Which, to be brought back in a movie. It is, I think, being brought they, they have referenced it twice in the MCU now. They have. Right. We'll see if they actually do anything with it. Well, we're getting we're, we're supposedly getting that sequel series. We'll see when it happens. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think uh, we're going to end it here. This has been Drew. This is Jacob. This is Nathan. And Jimmy from NASA. (laughs) And we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Arts. Iris realized something. I didn't give Nathan a chance yeah, to shamelessly self-promote himself. I was wondering when we were going to get to my, that. My, I'm, okay, I'm still not used to the new format. I am sorry. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he doesn't do anything. I just come on the show. The internet. <laughs> I haven't been co-hosting a podcast with Drew for the last time. <laughs> three months but like i said in my defense i'm not used to this new format yet <laughs> you're keeping all of this aren't you yes i am yes you're welcome if for nobody else False starts. so nathan you should have said something jimmy so, so nathan what? oh i get it you're not producing their show you produce my show i see all right Anyway, shameless self-promotion time. Yes, Nathan, <laughs> please give us some shameless self-promotion. Where can well, we as find a, you? As we, as we said, and this has actually been kind of fun because this is one of the rare times I get to leave Monster Island go into, and, ta- and go on other podcasts and talk about stuff that's not kaiju. <laughs> so today it was tron and x-men which is just wonderful so yes the monster island film vault a podcast seeking entertainment and enlightenment through tokusatsu <laughs> we talk a lot about kaiju films uh we talk about uh, on tokusatsu obviously you guys have been on a couple of times mm-hmm. it, it always it's all it, i think what was it i've had you on a couple of times for godzilla the series from 1998 yes. And you, uh, you guys sponsored an episode. We had a crossover for mm-hmm. Power, Mighty Warfare Power Rangers, the movie. 
I'm a fraud. One of three times in 2022 that I've talked about that movie. And depending on how you look at it, either the most ill-timed episode or the most perfectly timed episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. Yes. It is. We miss you, JDS. Uh, R.I.P. J.D.F. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I didn't yes. mean to end us on a sad thing, but moving on, moving right, on. Right? Yeah, let's not end on a sad thing, but yeah, yeah. So we will be uh, on a future episode. So I know that. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You guys are coming back, and uh, you know, if we coming back later this season, we uh, we're finishing up. We ran into some production delays, unfortunately, because crazy things happened on the island <laughs> for season three, which was Americaiju, so American Kaiju films. Uh, this season, season four, we will be doing the Monster Island World Tour because Jimmy and I have to go wrangle some escaped kaiju who conveniently went back to their home countries. We just decided to make a stop here in Texas while we were doing it. <laughs> so we're looking at I, kaiju films that were made anywhere but Japan and America. So I was about to stuff say, like, what Mexican so, kaiju was close enough for you to drop by? <laughs> well, you do have Gareth Edwards Monsters, which is a British film that takes place in Mexico. Ah, okay. We do have we do have a couple of those things to go wrangle at some point or another. <laughs> That's because that would be the closest thing not in America, but anyway. Right. Right. So, you know, so we got some exciting stuff going on there. You'll be get you'll get to see hear us talk about stuff like Super Inframan, which yes, I know is you know is that's a henshin hero thing but there are kaiju in it and i needed an excuse to talk about it <laughs> didn't didn't that come up on henshin man it did <laughs> doing it again Fair <laughs> doing it again or uh or we're also going to be spending some time in south korea because there's a lot of south korean kaiju films believe it or not <laughs> that's not that big a surprise for me actually yeah uh, stuff like yongari we're actually and... doing a south a South Korean anime in the next couple of weeks. Oh, there you go. You know, so stuff like Yongari and the host, and then we're going to go over to Europe and well, I will finally make my patron and frequent guest Damon noise. Happy. We will talk about reptilicus. <laughs> he has been clamoring for reptilicus for like two years. <laughs> so he's finally getting his wish. So that's what I got going on there. And then, I am also that uh, hinted at it already. <laughs> Drew, you have been a temporary co-host for me on Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high flying and high kicking adventures. So we're we, we have finished recording all the episodes; they just need to be edited and published. So we will finally have our coverage of the original 1971 Common Rider finished. And well, boy, were some of those episodes a trip. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what did you call them? What was it? Uh, was it Evil uh, Evil, Evil Rider Sentai Shaka Shaka Ranger? Shaka Ranger. Shaka Ranger. Yeah, Shaka Khan. What? Something. Yeah, something like it that. It was right after we had the children of the Gel Shockhorn. Uh, children of the Gel Shockhorn <laughs> uh, eating Crowox. Yes. <laughs> Spider Lion. Oh, spider Lion. Oh my gosh. Jacob. Yeah, that was a trip. Jacob. I, I don't know if you're ready for the original Common Rider. <laughs> That's uh, what I what I have gleaned from this guy is like, whoa, what the <laughs> I, I'm just gonna say you haven't gotten to those episodes yet, but I may have 
commented on my viewing on this show. You have. <laughs> I need to. I, I'm looking forward to he to hearing those episodes where you're like, "Someone watching Common Writer, what <laughs> in the world is this? What is going on?" Oh, I, I admittedly, knowing that I my episodes were coming out before yours, I tried to be a little non-spoilery. Uh, smart move smart move and then obviously we've, we've referenced this several times i am also the co-host with along with my friend michael hamilton of the power trip a journey through the power rangers franchise we finished we spent a year going through the entire power rangers franchise we covered it season by season henshin men is a sprint power trip is a marathon be prepared for that you're looking oh, at at me. least a two aware. and a half to three hour commitment per episode <laughs> And that's, on a average. Short and that's a short episode yeah for sure uh, <laughs> although we've had shorter ones this season because we're covering comic books as we wait for more ranger stuff we're also covering super sentai with uh, yeah. a season at a time but we're only doing one a month instead of two because it takes a little longer to digest sentai <laughs> no kidding yeah, uh, but then but we also have we'll have episodes coming out for Power Rangers once and always and for Cosmic Fury, the big 30th anniversary stuff that's coming out for Which Power Rangers get, later this year. If I can never get caught up on what I'm helping with that podcast on, I might actually finish Dino Fury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I'm also a cast member for Power Rangers, the audio drama. Uh, I play Rito. <laughs> who crashed our episode when you guys were on <laughs> i'm i'm just glad he didn't have an excuse to tag along this time that's all yeah. I'm saying. yes yeah i don't think he could have really added anything here <laughs> uh, no i'm glad he didn't tag along. We, we, we can only handle so much of the snarky boathead <laughs> yeah so there you go so i'm, I'm part of that and I'll announce it here. I have also, yeah, that was because Power Rangers drama is made by Carl Dutton and Scyther uh, Incorporated, Scyther Inc. And he also has an X-Men show. And I have just been cast in the X-Men show, but that episode has not aired yet. So I can't tell you who I'm playing. <laughs> All I will say is that it's a character who could technically reference Rito and get away with it. <laughs> That's probably the safest reference because the first yes. thought that came to my mind, I mean, I do live behind a Mexican food restaurant. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> wow. Wow. Anybody? Oh, wow. And also, if you want to, if you want to check out my writings, uh, check, uh, go to my website, NathanJSMarchand.com, where you can see what, uh, you know, see a blog that hasn't been updated in like six months. And you know, see all see all of my books and such like that. The website for the film vault is monsterislandfilmvault.com. I think. Oh, and I am also a regular contributor and editor for Kaiju Ramen Magazine, which just published its eighth issue. And you should go get that. We had, what was? I don't remember what our theme was. We were just scrambling to get that whole thing done. I can't remember what the aim for the issue was i'm sorry travis and michael i can't remember uh we, and we've been podcasting for like three hours so my brain's a little fried <laughs> nearly four nearly yeah we just were talkative and we're still not used to this format so mm. we're more talkative than normal <laughs> right but i think that's everything 
All right. All right. Once again, this has been true. This is Jacob. <laughs> and this has been Nathan. Sorry. See, I'm not used to the format either. <laughs> Shut up, Jimmy. And we'll catch you on the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. I need update his that. letterboxed page at G George 759. His Twitter at G George 759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can that. like us on Facebook at the Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at the Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. That's it, Deedlet. No more computer world-based movies ever again. What do you mean we'll see? Oh, brother.